other Riddler-themed uh, sort of debate um, conversation with Sam. Um, I think most of you within the community would know who Sam is. For me, he's, uh, he was one of the very first YouTube uh, YouTubers that I followed and learned from in the in the early days of 2019 when I actually uh, joined the crypto Twitter space. So I'm super honoured to have him on stage with myself. Um, before I introduce Sam, I would like to also introduce Backman, who is my co-host this evening, and I'm super honoured as well to also have him up on the stage. So welcome, Backman. Hope you are. Mm, I am doing well. Thank you, Rosa. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Backman. Um, so yes, and without further ado, I'd like to introduce to everybody, um, for those that don't know, uh, Green Eggs and Sam. Welcome, Sam. How are you this evening? I am doing. Oh, I am doing well. Thanks, Rose. Super honoured that you uh, you can be able to be on one of my podcasts. Um, avid fan from 2019. I think it was you and Solomon that I very first watched on YouTube, way way back, and. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride so far, which I'm sure it has been for yourself over the years. It has. Um, hasn't gone as I expected, certainly, I would say that. And uh, it's kind of life, I guess, world events have led me in a different direction, but it's uh, still a topic that I kind of follow and keep an eye on, certainly. I must say as well, though, out of everybody that I know within the Twitter sphere, I'd probably say you, your account has probably been suspended the most amount of times that I could physically <laughs> And uh, the amount of DMs I get saying, Where's, where's Sam gone again? I was like, oh, I didn't, didn't realise that he'd been suspended yet again. So I'm, I'm honoured that you're still with us on the journey. And uh, do you want to talk us through your, well, your Twitter history, shall we say, somewhat? Oh, gosh. Um yeah, I mean, I, I started, I, I was alerted to XRP years, like 15 years ago. I was in Keene as part of the Free State Project, which is uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and got involved in media and was part of a syndicated talk radio show called Free Talk Live. And uh, I moved back to Texas in, I think it was 2010, uh, after a couple of years up there. And... Uh, Eventually, some friends that knew me from my activism and stuff in uh, New Hampshire brought me into this Lambos, Hookers, and Blow uh, version two Facebook group. I'm not sure what happened to version one. That was before my time. And they told me about this thing, XRP. And I think this was shortly after the the first uh, big rise in price that, that they, uh, I guess, that happened with XRP. And... Um, they told me, Sam, you gotta, you gotta look at this. It's a good opportunity. So I, that's when I started researching it and reading up on X current X via X rapid at the time before it, you know, it's been changed since, but started looking at that, seeing what they were doing, seeing why these guys were, um, so interested in XRP and this company ripple. And their hope was that I would actually start making videos again, which is, what I did. They didn't tell me that until after, but, uh, I guess mission accomplished for them. And, uh, yeah. So I did that for a few years until the whole, um, COVID thing hit. And I saw that, uh, yeah, something really fundamental has changed here. And that's when I kind of started focusing on other areas that got you banned from uh, all forms of social media for talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk too much on 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 said topic, but I think most most would assume and know uh, the reasons as to why you were um, suspended so many so many times, numerous right. on Twitter, obviously, uh, and we have conflicting views on this. Um, which I think is healthy in life to have. I mean, it is. Um, everybody, everybody has their own views on COVID. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the community, you know, way back, because um, you had such a huge XRP community following in, in a sense of the information that you would, you know, obviously the information that was put out and obviously you went down a different path. Um, do you feel that that lost a bit of your following or gained, obviously, on the other side? Oh yeah, I, I mean the um, oh what was it? I think the, a lot of people initially was concerned, you know, uh, and, and also sad and sad as well that you know, <laughs> oh no, you know, <laughs> what we're going to do for information? I, I was one of those initially. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I had I think it was around fifty thousand followers on YouTube, and um, I think the more important metric is like average video views, which is running around like fifteen thousand. Uh, it, some of them, yeah, it'd be between mm. 10 and 20,000 views. And then, you know, popular videos, of course, would be 50, sometimes more. Uh, when I lost YouTube, I was down to streaming to like, I think 250 people. <laughs> and of course, mm. one of my most popular live streams, I, I think had 2,600, uh, listening live at some point. So, and of course, Twitter, when I got banned off of there, that was, uh, I think about two thirds of my audience. So yeah, I, I mean, the, the censorship works. I mean, That's why they do it. And I mean, you had phenomenal numbers. Um, you know, even for myself, I, I started a YouTube channel and I have a little bit of stage fright as, as most know. Um, but you, you had those phenomenal numbers and obviously then you took that different path down onto the COVID route. Um, do, do we do we see in the future uh, more XRP related content from yourself, or um, I, you know, like I cover it when I think it's um, relevant, and I want I, I've I've brought in a whole different audience segment, I guess that's not the traditional crypto crowd, and I want to make them aware of what's happening with the global financial system as well. So the same concerns are there. Um, it's it's just it's I, I look at it as it's a bigger more encompassing picture and crypto is a part of that being financially free uh getting the power to print and coin money out of the hands of the state is such a critical critical uh goal for humanity because they use it to fight these endless wars of oppression and and uh and control us for sure I mean, I remember our early conversations around, you know, having, um, I mean, a lot of my friends and family think I'm absolutely bonkers, but um, <laughs> I have somewhat of a, a ration pack, you know, should the world end. Uh -huh. I used to be quite conspiracy theorists back in the day. Um, and, you know, I, I still have now my rucksack and my little, you know, ration pack just in case. Yeah, it's a go bag <laughs> um, is what we call it. And here. I remember our conversations, yeah, way, way back. And, and obviously now you're living on, obviously on the farm, the land, and obviously... Sort of, sort of a sense of direction change as well. I'd say for yourself. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I live in a small town about an hour and a half away from the farm, but I'm out there all the time. I was there this weekend with my daughter, and um, we've been mm. doing a lot to kind of prepare things out there with gardens and the fruit orchard, and 
just all kinds of different things. Taught my daughter how to use a rocket stove that we uh, got, which is a, just a really great way to cook and generate heat mm. with a with a low amount of fuel. So we've been, yeah, just doing that sort of uh, just preparing for things to degrade because I think that's what's coming. I mean, we've already seen some of the hyperinflation. I think people are feeling that. I was talking about that two, three years ago that this is coming. Store shelves are going to empty. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to find things. The the economic activity, supply chain, all the interconnectedness, that's going to start breaking down. We saw that, I think, in high gear and uh, during the whole lockdowns and, and the aftermath of the lockdowns. But and it's gotten better, but it is still, I think, ever present in uh, the business world where things just take longer or, or things, certain things aren't available and that sort of thing. Um, mm. And so, yeah, you're just preparing for that as best you can. And, and like you mentioned with your go bag, it, it's a simple thing to do to just have a pack that's got mm. some food, that's got some water, it's got a change of clothes, you know, basic stuff that... Should you have to go for a couple of days somewhere, you'd be fine and you don't have to worry about uh, where you're going to get something to eat or whatever. And, and then, you know, start uh, adding plans from there. So, For sure. And, it, and as crazy as some people may think, you know, that could be, nobody knows, you know. Right. Um, so I'd, I'd rather be prepared. But um, talking on, obviously, on Twitter, obviously, your Green Eggs and Sam account, obviously, that's 2018. Um, most of us know you sort of more prominently for the To The Lifeboats. And, uh, like, over here in the UK, To The Lifeboats, that's more uh, uh, sort of edged towards um, sea rescue over here in the UK. Uh-huh. Um, so I wondered what, what the story was behind uh, to the lifeboats that you obviously you, you know secondary account as well that you have um, bit behind that sort of like where I came up with it. Stuff. I was trying to yeah. It was back in 2018 when I was like, okay, what do I call the show? What do, what should I call it? And to the lifeboats just popped mm-hmm. into my head, and I was like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. But <laughs> it was kind of uh higher self handed it down and gave it to me and so that's what I went with um and to me it kind of represents the the sinking of the ship of state and like the the system as we know it is going down the tubes uh they've been kicking the can since 2008 and the whole uh housing crisis that was engineered by bad fed policy uh, and mm. I, like, I've been amazed along with so many other people that they've been able to keep it going this long, uh, by mm. just kicking the can down the road. And at some point the chickens come home to roost and they can't kick the can down the road anymore. And I think that's the situation that we're in today with, they have to raise interest rates to stave off hyperinflation, but raising interest rates will destroy the economy. And both times they've tried it, it, it didn't go very well. So, you know, that's the, the, to the lifeboats is really like, as we were talking earlier about being self-sufficient and making whatever plans you can to sort of, uh, survive and thrive after things mm. start to fall apart as things degrade and do this slow grind down that I've been describing for the last few years. And, and may I ask, would, would, would one have a boat or was it just the, the sort oh, of no, I, don't, I, I get seasick really bad. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> there was one time I went deep sea fishing. Uh, I think it was 
Florida somewhere and I was not doing so well looking over the edge trying to focus on the horizon and this giant sea turtle comes up next to the boat right in front of me and I, that was it I threw up over the side after that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, I'm not much of a That's, sailor I see and obviously uh, I mean to me it's such an honor to ha- even have you on stage and to cure you as a speaker because for me, you know, when I very first joined Twitter, you, you know, you and a handful of others was the first people that I kind of, you know, uh, watched tirelessly on, on YouTube till 2am and, you know, just listen over and over to all the information to absorb. Um, and obviously, you, you, sort of the era of, you know, uh, way back with Harder and Galgatron and uh, so many other original OGs, as, as some of us may call, um, what what would be your sort of earliest memories of joining the XRP community and, and obviously putting out the content and things? Uh, I, man, like I, I remember um, Darren Moore and uh, Flux mm. who we're going to mention today, I think, in a little bit. And um, just, so I, you know, I had my little groups that I would chat XRP with and do research with. And then there were other, I think there were other like Discord uh, chat groups. There was a, a group that really drilled into the whole bearable guy one, two, three issue that I used to listen to and read through their posts and so forth. So just a lot of little communities to get involved with. And, um, uh, you know, it was, it was, I think the thing that probably stands out from say Bitcoin or somebody else is they were interested in more research and progress and seeing real world things happening versus uh the idea i like the whole you know you you get pitched bitcoin today and it's about you got to get the state out of the money and this and that and it's really sort of um it's become kind of this group think that uh fails to acknowledge its own flaws and and like i still i don't think bitcoin's going anywhere it's probably going to do fairly well in the coming years. I think the huge opportunity mm. with it, though, is probably mostly past. Um, but I, I, yeah. I just less critical thinking in that in some of the other communities than what I see with uh, or what I saw with XRP. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, from joining the community and you know seeing you know even even my peers you know clash, fall out, you know. It's, it is somewhat upsetting as such and within the community there's always going to be divides as such and um of, of late there's been a, a hot topic around riddlers um i am an avid riddler fan i love you know i love a puzzle i love analysis i love research down the rabbit hole um you know i'm all for all of that but i sometimes have to rein it in because i know a lot of my followers and community you know i, I forever get dm saying rose come on it's a load of twaddle you know blah blah blah, blah. yeah um and, and I respect that, you know. Um, I mean, my, my family think I'm bonkers spending the majority of my time here every day on Twitter as well, you know. So everybody has their own opinions of things in life. Um, and I wondered, obviously, given the topic of, of the space call this evening, obviously, your in-depth thoughts um, around Riddlers and, and, and the like. Um, and also, as well, those I've seen a few of, of um, my peers in the, in, the, in the audience as well if they wish to come up um, and ask you questions as well with the information that you probably, nuggets of information you're going to tell us as well. I'm sure if you would want to come up and ask you questions as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, Sam, the floor is yours. 
Um, so just on that topic, I think there's been several. I mean, obviously, Bearable Guy 123, I think, was the was the first. Uh, but we also had Marvin Gaye come on the scene, put a lot of stock in uh, his rid- riddles and, and little... Oh, like treasure hunts is almost what I call them because you'd find one clue and it would lead to the next video and then the next one and the next one and um, would kind of tell a story of what we're seeing happening. And he also is the one who released the pictographs with like AIIB and the whole gold being the the backing with a bridge currency that's XRP and uh, had the mm-hmm. one about that was made up of a bunch of the... Um, Oh, the cartoonist guys with the deep state and everybody in jail and the deep state in the middle and it had Brexit, then the national emergency, then this whole letter that comes after the letter P and then the gold backed agreement between the U S and Russia, between Russia and uh, China. And then it also had this weird thing with uh, North Korea and Trump uh, you know, holding up the peace sign and as well as Korea. And of course, Trump, after this was released, he goes down to, or he goes to the parallel, becomes the first U.S. president to cross over into North Korea. They apparently go off on a little walk without security so they can talk. Um, you had bricks playing into this. It was really, I think, a, a very compelling roadmap uh, that, has laid out the last three years in a lot of ways. You've got the whole uh, Black Lives Matter fist uh, under the next to the brick sign in this specific one that I'm thinking of. Um, and so, like when they when they're able to predict things, and, and the Ripple Riddler is another one that falls into that category. There was a puzzle. Uh, this was the um, I was smoking a cigar, I think, and the the smoke made a pattern in the window panes and so forth. And there was a tweet that went along with it talking about large sums of fiat are being handed over for XRP as we speak. And then uh, what was it a month or two later, we get the quarterly report and it's the, it's noted in the, uh, or not the, the, what was it? The XRP markets report, I believe it was noted in there that, that this was the highest uh, XRP sales they've, had to date to, to institutional investors supposedly. Um, so there, there have been little kind of tips of the hat to the Riddlers to, 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 or, or I guess that they've given to the audience um, that have mm-hmm. predicted things. And then on the other side of that coin, I think there's an element of the community that tries to f- connect dots that aren't really there, that, like the the last one I saw was uh, something from Mr. Pool that was like two years old of a bell, a picture of a bell, and then a year later a picture of uh, something else, and then that was supposedly somehow tied to uh, Biden going over and ringing the peace bell in Ireland somehow. Oh uh, yes, I remember that. One. It's just like what 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 can am I allowed to cuss? Oh, of course. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is this? There's no connection between those two tweets or what happened with Biden. Oh, they were linking it to the, um, the barrel guy, the bell in the latest barrel guy, one, two, three puzzle. And it's like, there's nothing suggesting that guys, this is anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that, uh, there are some things in there 
but uh, it can be taken a little too far by some people. And I, you know, and like you said earlier on, I don't have to agree with everybody. Everybody doesn't have to agree with me. We can have differences of opinion as far as how far is too far and what's valid dot connecting versus what's not. Uh, um, that's fine. Uh, I see what I see in it. And um, I think I've been fairly accurate in, in like what I've, what I've decoded. And that's, and there's been several of them that have kind of tipped their hat to me, uh, through DMS and so forth, uh, or, uh, you know, sometimes overt messages. We had the, the old ripple Riddler did that some kind of blog post or something that talked about to the lifeboats, getting it right. And, and he asked, uh, Alexa, what is XRP or what is something in a video? And uh, it gave an answer that was had me included in it. And, and so uh, I think I've come probably the closest to sort of interpreting their meaning behind some of the puzzles and things that they've given us. And it's a lot, it is so much fun to break these things down and, and look at them. And that's kind of, I, I usually, if something comes out, I read it, I, I read through different people's opinions and then I spend a day or two just taking it element by element, thinking about different meanings and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of work my way through what is the story being told here. Cause that's seems to be what they all tried to convey was a, um, a narrative of what's happening behind the scenes, what they're dealing with, what the plans are, um, who's trying to stop it, etc. So that's that's kind of my, I guess, take on the whole the, the the Riddlers and so forth. I think that they've done a lot of uh, a lot of good because I and like with Bearable Guy, we'll take uh, him specifically has done a lot of good, or at least I think that's really the intent behind it was <clears throat> let's make people aware of what's happening. There's this huge change coming. The old, uh, you know, fiat debt-based SWIFT system is dying. Uh, it's going to be modernized and replaced with something new. The, the dollar is going to collapse as part of this. And, you know, even uh, Schwartz has talked about uh, if the dollar is, as a global reserve currency is dying, what, what would they rather have? Something else taking over like the Chinese yuan or something uh, that nobody controlled but was run by a U.S. corporation, which is Ripple and XRP. Uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense to me because um, one of the ways I kind of see through the propaganda and the BS is knowing is having a solid understanding of sort of the cage that government operates from. And so once you understand their paradigm, it makes it a little easier to predict how they're going to respond, what they're going to do, et cetera. And so I guess keeping all that in mind has kind of helped shape my perspective. Uh, At the same time though, I think within Ripple, you've got some bad actors and I would put Brad in that category, Chris in that category, uh, because they were, I, I, in my view, misleading the community and making these proclamations about 
a major mm-hmm. bank by the end of the year and a dozen in the following year. And like that, none of that's materialized. That, that was hype. And when you find out that Brad's selling allegedly $150 million, according to the SEC lawsuit uh, of XRP and buying, you know, cash and Bitcoin with it while he's up on stage saying that, uh, oh, I'm long XRP and I'm long Bitcoin. I don't feel like that's an accurate representation of what he was doing. And, you know, executives and companies have stock uh, options. And when they go to sell their options, they have to disclose those publicly so they can't say bullshit like that. Uh, and for Brad to be doing that behind the scenes while claiming that he's long XRP and long Bitcoin, uh, while he's, uh, I guess, lambasting the industry for greater transparency is a real slap in the face to the XRP community. And there's a lot of people that should own a lot more XRP than they do today uh, because of his actions is, is my view on it. So go ahead. And I was just about to say, I think that, you know, as of late, there's, there's a lot of um, emotion in yeah. the community. Um, and, you know, I do, I do worry for a lot of people because, you know, everybody's sort of holding out hope that, you know, in, in regards to, you know, with the SEC case and things, you know, I, I get some crazy DMs that say, oh, Rose, do you really think it'll go to um, one million per XRP? And I, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to reply, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, I hope so, you know send it you know but you know i just think you know we are all holding out hope and you know uh, as i always say be prepared to you know only buy what you're prepared to lose on, on any crypto mm-hmm. or anything in life um and I, I do feel the whole you know um the community is sort of fueled on this um and it you know I, i'm invested heavily myself you know as, as a lot of people are and we all want to see this win and we all want to see a better life for ourselves but then on the flip side of that i do worry for a lot of people you know how that could go you know um and and you know and that all rolls into the riddles as well um because i know david likes to sort of toy with us um yes, with his innuendo as well, um, which which is good which you know is, is you know um, is 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 entitled to humour, um, but I do sometimes worry some people take things, to, you know, for the literal, um, literal sense, and you know sometimes well that's not not too good also. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I had well opinion. Let, let me just add to that real quick, and then you ask this question. Back in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, I think time frame, I had somebody write and said they took their rent money and <laughs> put it into XRP. Yeah. And it went down and now they don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know if this person's a scammer or if they're serious, but you know, it's mm. like, what did you think I meant when I said, don't invest more than you can afford to lose? This is risky and speculative. Mm. And like, yeah, mm. there's always people that just don't listen, that take things too far, that go, that, that listen to Michael Saylor for advice because it can only go up and it is, this is it. And this is going to be the moment. And, of course, there was also a lot of hype being pushed into the community. So, yeah, it's, there's definitely uh, some harm that comes from from it as well. People have to be level-headed and reasonable. And I, and I hope, you know, we're all adults. I hope a lot of people are level-headed. Um, but obviously the community at the moment, there, there was somewhat of a divide with, with, around Riddlers. 
Um, and as everybody knows, I love Riddlers. You know, I'm part of um, the, the Baba community. Um, you know, I love decoding things in generally. You know, if it's not Sudoku, it's a, you know, a, a puzzle of some kind or, you know, anything around analysis, really. Um, and, uh, yes, a lot of people agree and disagree. Um, so I'll, I'll, in your humble opinion, Sam, around Riddlers and decoding things, because I know a lot of things could be pure coincidence, you know, i.e. the bell, you know, um, or, you know, the, the bear on the ship. Um, what, what's your take on, on, on the topic? On the bell specifically or? Just, just, just sort of decoding riddling oh. within our community, XRP community in general. Are, are you secretly decoding things, or do you think it's like utter nonsense? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I rarely pay attention to it. Like if a, uh, if there's a new post or something from Bearable Guy, I'll usually do a show on that. In his most recent one, he took the original Lodestar letter from I think back. 2018 2019 time frame and reposted that two months ago as if to say uh this is still in play and still happening and so forth um at the same time though i always want to seek confirmation from outside sources so uh, i've mentioned this in a show and i think i described it to my uh patrons a, a long time ago that I had a friend that was at this F1 race in the racing paddock because you know, he's he's uh, he's pretty well off, and um, he met with one of the big bank CFOs that was also there at the race, and they talked very briefly about XRP. And this big bank had, uh, and this was I don't know four or five, I think four years ago, uh, they had. I think I, the number I gave was between 600 and 2000 people working on rolling out their sort of di- digital infrastructure, redoing th- their backend systems to be able to function in this new environment, new paradigm that's coming. And, uh, not too long ago and the, this person's on the call, somebody went around and interviewed as well at some of these banks and so forth. And, uh, the numbers I heard, from a different bank, not the one that uh, my friend from the racing paddock confirmed, but uh, another one of these tier one banks, they've got the same same kind of program going on behind the scenes. Uh, he t- uh, uh, spoke with another source that, uh, let me just say, it's a, uh, if I said the company, financial company, hundred percent of you would know exactly who this is. And this person asked him, do you still have your XRP? And he said, yeah, on my, on my ledger and cold storage. And, um, uh, the person said, good. <laughs> so like there are people that know, uh, that something's coming and that XRP is going to be valuable one day and the ways in which it's going to be used. Uh, the question is, when are we going to have regulatory clarity? When is that going to get kickstarted? Ripple, uh, the company has just been absolutely floundering and failing to build liquidity in the XRP markets. You know, that was the whole MoneyGram thing. And before that, it was, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember his name, but uh, the other guy tried a different approach. And then Brianne Madigan stepped in and she's trying to do it with, 
their uh, liquidity hub. And, uh, you know, at some point it's, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to do it artificially. I think we're waiting on, I guess, the system to degrade enough to where the pain point, and this is, you know, I used to be in sales. They used to talk about identifying pain points with your customers and selling them on those and that sort of thing. The pain point's going to become um, severe enough that they're willing to start taking action and uh, using the product versus just evaluating it. Cause I think that's where we are today. The system's still functioning and not only is it functioning, but it's, uh, it's a teat that dispenses free milk, you know? So they like that free milk and they are going to sit there at the teat for as long as they can until they're forced to, uh, to find an alternative. And I think, uh, ripple XRP, and you know Bricksnet, should they build something like that to evade the sanctions that was the last time i talked about xrp was i pointed out how you know RippleNet's just proprietary software that hooks into the xrpl and does all these fantastic things for the back-end banking system but it's they've made it clear they're here to lick the boots of the state and jump through whatever hoops they're going to put up well bricks has has been created specifically to get around all of that nonsense because they're tired of the dollar hegemony and them being the bully on the block and threatening the swift board members if they didn't block ban these accounts and blacklist these countries and do all of these things so they've started building their alternative well they're not going to be users of RippleNet, so i wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of bricks net uh, come out that they you know put a team together and and build software around and start using that, which actually is is a great thing because they would both be sourcing and sup- supplanting the pools of liquidity at exchanges around the world. Um, maybe not in some, you know, in a, in a blacklisted country on the U.S. system versus uh, the BRIC system. Iran would be a great example of that. They're not going to be sharing liquidity there. But in other common markets, they would. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, I think that's the ultimate solution that's kind of a win-win. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. So the Riddlers are great. I I guess it, uh, they've helped me understand what questions to ask and what avenues of inquiry to go down uh, in my sort of research about what's happening, how the system's coming together and have helped uh, over the years, they helped me kind of shape the um, the financial landscape picture and be able to better explain it to to you guys when I back when I was doing that. So uh, there's tremendous value there, and and the Ripple Riddler's back on Twitter. He's uh, validated with me that uh, it is the original one. There's been a there are several fakes that popped up after he departed Twitter or they, whatever, whoever it is a long time ago and is, uh, he's back now. So, but it's an account that I think there's only about 20 or 30 people following him right now. And he hasn't posted. I don't know if he's going to, I haven't asked. I try and stay out of that stuff, but it's, it's there. It's interesting to me. So where, where else do you want to go, Rose? 
Indeed. Well, uh, we just have two people that have requested to come up, Sam, and I think they may have questions. So I'm just going to allow them up. Um, for those that are listening, if anybody would like to come up and ask them any questions, um, it is free open mic night. But as always, if anybody is rude or, you know, not very nice, I will kick your butt back down. Um, so without further ado, um, and also my co-host as well, Batman, um, I'm going to bring up A-R-R-8. Um, Mr. XRPP, welcome. Um, Idol Skeptic, welcome. And Metatron one fourth. Oh, Metatron, welcome. Hello, hello. Um, so yes, yeah, um, in no particular order. Um, welcome those to the stage, Mr. XRPP. How are you this evening? Hey, pretty good. Uh, hi, Rose. Hello. Uh, hi, hi, Sam. Uh, I just, I actually, I, I have not spoken with Sam before, so this is a first. So I just wanted to come up and say hello. Uh, big fan, big fan. Long-time listener. <laughs> first time speaker. Um, I, and I, I also wanted to say, I, I mean, you've shown that you've had a pretty good sense of humor and that you've, uh, you've gotten my stuff. So I just wanted to say thanks for that. I always thank people for that, uh, people who get it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's really, I don't even have any questions for you, Sam. Uh, just to, to say hi, uh, and it's been a long time. I remember uh, uh, seeing videos of yours from a very long time ago. It always always entertaining, thought provoking, uh, and so on. And I, I, it's a guilty pleasure of mine to see you in your videos decode the Riddler uh, stuff. So, well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we, I, I've I've always enjoyed your content. I, I think people tend to take themselves too seriously sometimes, and we got to sit back and laugh at uh, at some of the the funny, stupid things that we do, and so forth. So. I took. I totally agree. And while while we can uh, be titillated and excited about you know riddles and uh, different uh, uh, different things, we can also step back and kind of laugh at ourselves. And and Baba does that as well. And I've always appreciated that as well, where we all have a kind of a good sense of humor about all of it. It's really really exciting. It's really world changing. There's a lot of really deep, heavy implications. Uh, for all this stuff, but mm. it's also a lot of fun and it gets pretty silly sometimes. Yeah. So, and, again, and it's, your, there's a lot of unknown. Content. There's a lot of unknown as well. So there's so many people that are like certain that this is a sure thing and it's bound to happen. And by the way, it's going to happen on this date. You can take that to the bank and then it doesn't. And then we've got excuses for, you know, why it didn't happen or whatever. There's so much speculation and, and so forth that, yeah, we just, got to like sit back and take it easy a little bit and recognize it may not turn out the way we've all imagined or hoped. Yeah. And if, and if it doesn't turn out exactly like we uh, hope, then life goes on. Right. right. Um, uh, it's, but it's also not all or nothing and people need to, to, to realize that. And we are part of something pretty special and unique. Um, but Anyway, th uh, thanks again. Keep up the good content. We'll keep uh, uh, tuning in. You were gone for a while, and it was sad. It was much a much sadder place uh, uh, without Sam uh, in the in the community. So it's good to have you back, man. Well, thank you. A few more joining the stage. Angie, welcome. Queen Angie has arrived. 
Good afternoon, Rose. Hey. Bachman. <laughs> How are we doing, Angie? Good. Baba, my Canadian friend. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. Ça va bien. Well, welcome, Baba. Um, I'm sure you have questions for Sam, so um, floor is yours. Honored as always. Thank you, Rose. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to be on your space. I've never actually formally spoken to Sam nope. uh, or Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, I just want to say thank you because you are the reason why in early or late 2017, early 2018, you are the first person I came across on crypto Twitter. And it was your videos that got me interested. And then when the Riddlers came on to the scene, I stuck interested. So I just wanted to formally say thank you because uh, if we fast forward five years later, you are the reason why I am here today. So I awesome. just wanted to say thank you. You're very welcome. Um, with that being said, I completely agree with a, a lot of what you said earlier, especially with the, the bell. <laughs> there are um, a lot of people who uh, take a lot of things and try to connect anything to everything to hopefully get uh, something to stick. Um, and that I would agree with. And just one thing I want to say is that, and I, I believe that you were implying that as well, you weren't taking it or saying it the wrong way. It is, that isn't uh, the Riddler's fault, right? That is the, uh, per se, decoder's fault. Yeah. Um, right? So I just wanted to clarify that for everyone uh, who may have mistakenly uh, or misunderstood what you said there. But I just have one question. Well, let me just <laughs> let me say one thing real quick there. You know, I think there are instances where uh, it's not so much that the Riddlers were wrong, but they gave their best guess and it turned out to be not the case or things went a different direction. And like, you know, 589, I would say, is one example of that. I think that, you know, you have the um, direct message between uh Oh, the kid, uh, not Alex, but, um, damn it. Cog? Yeah. Uh, Alex Cog. Yeah. Uh, where he said was the price too high and that that was bearable guy responding in a DM to him. Uh, so, and now of course it's been changed and this is in the late, the Lodestar letter that was kind of updated. It's been changed to say, Oh, it's cobalt. It's this, it's that, it's the comics rule. It's, that was in the original one as well, I believe. Yeah, it was. I don't know where that ringing's coming from. Is that on your end? Yeah, Eva? sorry, that's possible. Oh, okay, no worries. Um, so there are times where they've gotten it wrong. I don't think they've in intentionally tried to mislead us. And I think there are some elements in the community that um, like would reach out to me with information that they hope I would jump on and sink my teeth into and, and convince my audience of. And it's, uh, you know, we're talking like the Iraqi dinar revaluing and, you know, things along those lines. Um, I know where that starts. And, and like you had this, there was this uh, guy that lived next across the street from a military base and he saw some rocket testing or something like that. And he thought it was UFOs and he reported it to the military base. Well, then they started like pranking him and sending in a, a disinformation agent to feed him 
so-called inside information about the UFOs and all this stuff. And he became a major source for the UFO community. And really what it did was put out a bunch of disinformation, fog of war kind of uh, technique that's being employed there. And I think the same thing has existed uh, within the crypto community because it is a threat to their power to, to print and coin money and, and be able to fight these endless wars and tax us indirectly through inflation. So it's um, there's both. You've got to really consider your sources, and I do that as best I can with them being anonymous by really... I'd say my primary thing is kind of paying attention to their language and the context of their motivations and previous statements and so forth. So, Oh, Baba, if you're talking, you're on mute, but go ahead. I know you had a question. I think you rugged. I think they might circle back. I'm not sure if your signal's gone. Okay. I want to welcome Vet to the stage. Vet um, is from XRP Cafe. So I'm not sure if you've been formally introduced. Welcome, Vet. Hey, sorry. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah, thanks for introducing. Um, yeah, and thanks for, for the great space. Um, yeah, I have actually a question to, uh, I think, Sam or, or Baba or, yeah, I guess. Um, it really has to do with the with the community and what you also mentioned, Rose, in the beginning with Sam. Um, maybe how how it changed because uh, one in one space, it was really good where XRPP was talking about, and you, Rose, about uh, Hodor back in the day and, um, you know, these figures in the community who are not here anymore or supposedly not here anymore. And, um, yeah, what do you think about how the community changed? And um, is, is it positive? Do you see that there's a, a stronger core now? Or, you know, how, how do you see it being, you know, evolving over the years? I, I mean, if, if that's directed at me, I think... Um, I think it's gone on longer than any of them anticipated. And, you know, they were a little optimistic. And I think, uh, well, I mean, bearable guy, my, my current opinion is it's Bob Way and conspirators uh, or I guess coworkers or former coworkers, that sort of thing. And he would also get people like King Blue and others in the community to uh, do things on his behalf to, I guess, help manage the whole thing. And, you know, some of these CKJ treasure hunts and so forth that were just ridiculous. Uh, I think like they, what they, what they did, I think they had good intentions with what they were doing and, and the reason that they did it. Uh, at the same time though, when you have, bad actors like Brad and Chris doing what they were doing on top of that. I think it was pretty, uh, I think it was harmful to the XRP community and, um, they, they've all kind of silenced now because it like the rubber hit the road and the car didn't go in as fast as they had 
hoped. So now I think they've kind of pulled back and we get like the Mr. Pool nebulous symbols and things that could really be interpreted as practically anything. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I feel like it's really kind of gone downhill, uh, over the years. So there, there's still a, a narrative playing out, but I feel like, uh, we've got a pretty good handle on what it is and how there's, you know, this playing out in the MENA region and, uh, Swift and bricks and how those, uh, pieces of the puzzle fit together and what's taking shape and how the U S government is trying to squash it and, and keep control, uh, residing with the dollar as a reserve currency and, I, you know, like I've, I feel like I've got a pretty good picture. How much more do they really have to say until the situation dramatically changes? Uh, that, that's my thoughts on it. Did that answer your question? Thank you. Baba, do you want to jump into this? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, my doctor called, so I just had to get on. No worries. When that happened, did I miss anything? <laughs> yeah, basically, Sam. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I I don't know where we're leaving off on the conversation, but uh, if we're just going to go back to just Riddlers in general, um, I I don't know where. Okay, I don't know. Like I I just know that Sam used to be really big in Riddlers, and then at, at some point in time he kind of stopped, and and then he did like one thing here or there throughout that time period. But I, I would say like Sam considering. Uh, like to the initial amount of time he spent on them has decreased over the years for sure. Uh, with that being said, I, I think Sam is right in terms of uh, it's not necessarily like uh, it's more of like a, a roadmap of a storyline per se that we follow yeah. and that they tell than to be like these are predictions and these are what happens. Like, and, and regardless of whether they happen or not on said dates by said decoder, has the narrative has the the overall picture occurred and i think sam would agree especially if it's i don't know if sam remembers all of the things he's seen but but i i think if we were to go back to like marvin gay in 2019 where the yep. uh regardless of regardless of like the president's names like just let's say america china russia there's a plan to start in 2020 and this plan with blah 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 now, I don't know if Sam believes that COVID is part of that plan. Does it have to be? I don't know. But what I am saying is that since 2020, uh, since COVID, there has been a catalyst uh, that was the catalyst to push the entire planet towards digitization. And I think the fact that, like, it's ironic that the entire planet sat at home for two years. That's all I'm going to say. But it is ironic that, like, after that, everyone starts jumping on board with CBDCs. The IMF is talking about a connecting mechanism that can connect platforms of different islands. And like, what have we like learned about all these years? You know, like that's kind of like what the XRPL is. Now, am I saying that it is going to be the XRPL? I don't know. The only people who do know are the people who are the ones who sign the papers and the agreements and shake hands. So, but I will say that, and I, I don't know where, what Sam follows today if he even pays attention to them anymore, I don't know. But uh, there are, if he does pay attention to them today, at least, uh, there are still a lot of coincidences, per se, that I think are 
relevant to say the least. And one of the most important things I, I think is like, it, like, like just to name something right off the bat, it's just like, and I think Sam does remember this. Like, do you remember the, the post from, um, what's his face? Was it Yo-Yo or uh, ZZ? Something like, before Yo-Yo. it begins, we want you out. Yeah. And, and like, so the before it begins, we want you out. Like, I do find it a little coincidental that uh, the XRP case is coming to an end. And now for the first time in 13 years, the SEC is going after trying to at least go after everyone and trying to, uh, you know, just attack the industry in and, in and itself. The, so the exchanges. There's a lot of weird things going on. They're, they're going yeah, after definitely. all the exchanges. And like, how many times did all of them tell us, uh, get your money, keep your money, keep your XRP off the exchange? Because they understood, you know, the level of fraud and that this attack was coming. And we also had, I think, that bearable guy clue with the uh, regulatory hammer and the molasses and the, like the hammer falls first and then regulations yep. come. Oh, so. Right. That seems to be what's unfolding. Do you remember bearable guy sitting in a bed with thinking or dreaming about the SEC? I know you do. Uh, You're the one I learned. No, but I I think you're talking about a one of the old YouTube videos that was not bearable guy, but it was yeah a bear. Yes, I do. I do. He was sleeping in a bed and he was dreaming about the SEC. Right. And at the time, right, at the time we thought like, because I remember this was, I remember watching your video and that's where I learned it from. I remember at the time we were like, well, maybe it's like the bears are going to sleep and the price will start to rise, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what you, you were, were alluding to. And I was on board with you at that time. I will agree with that. And, and now that we fast forward, like what does a bear in bed mean? Like what if it was to be, the bear is in bed with the SEC, like, uh, what if Ripple, because the bear would represent Ripple, right? What if Ripple is in bed with the SEC to bring the lawsuit, for example? Like, again, whether you believe that or not, I don't know. Uh, and whether yeah. people who believe that, I don't know. but it is coincidental. I do find it extremely ironic that, like, we have a bear two years before talk about the SEC, which is fine because, you know, the SEC is a pretty big thing in crypto. And then we have two years later, we get sued by the SEC. And then for the first year or two, people are thinking like, oh, the SEC is trying to push JP Morgan to ETH to number one and hold XRP and Ripple back. Two years later, now maybe Ethereum is a security and XRP might be the only one with legal clarity. So it's like the, 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 the narrative, the sentiment has shifted that maybe the case was to protect Ripple and XRP and not to destroy uh, Ripple and XRP. Like it might destroy the entire industry in itself. So yeah. it's, it's fascinating how things have shifted along the way. That That's a that's an interesting take. I, I mean, I guess um, huh, I would probably sit on the you know fence I mean? because like, on the other side of that, Baba, is uh, you've got oh, Clayton who drops the lawsuit on his way out the door. No doubt that's a that's a pay for play kind of thing. And then Gensler comes in and everybody was like, Oh, it's going to be, he's going to fix everything for us. And we're going to get this whole crypto thing worked out. Look at his old speeches at the college. And I'm like, dude, this is Skeletor guys. No new boss. Same as the old boss. And turns out, yeah, that's exactly the case. And, uh, like, I think I, 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 I would I guess I would lean towards it's not a matter of protecting 
Ripple and XRP uh, as much as it is protecting the dollar and um, uh, may, is there a timing element to it because they know they're going to run out of road here eventually, but if they can control uh, the lawsuit to push the timetable to kick the can down the road a little further until maybe one of the other catalysts triggers the whole process, perhaps uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what, what the true motivation is, but I'd say either of those seem either and both of them seem like realistic possibilities because there's more than one interest. I mean, governments are uh, competing criminal organizations trying to pull off the biggest heist. So sometimes they'll collaborate and get along. A lot of times they don't. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, hard to say. One of the reasons why I think this strongly is because, like, like think about it. If, if Ripple and the SEC were in bed together, but we had to put on a show, do you not find it odd that, like, the U.S. Treasurer, who, you know, she has a lot of uh, respect and yeah. her name is on the Ripple board. So, yeah. like, the, okay, so technically the SEC isn't a, uh, the U.S. government. It's an agency within the U.S. government. But, like, let's just be honest. It's like the White House said, go sue Ripple. The, the SEC will just go sue Ripple. Um, so it's like, you know, you just take orders. Like you said, once you get in there, you just take orders. And uh, it'll happen after Gensler. It'll happen the next 10 guys after Gensler. Okay. I just find it really weird how, like, the, 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 the U.S. Treasurer goes on Ripple's board, and then Michael Barr goes to the Fed. You know, it's just like, while you're being sued by the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Odd. Mm -hmm. um, like, they don't have it. Maybe, they, they but at the, at the same time, Ripple's strategy has been to buy uh, the influence that they need. Because, like, remember when they brought Clinton in to speak on digital currency? What the fuck does he know about CBDCs or digital currencies back in 2018. That was total yeah. waste of money, but that was, they were buying access to the Clinton foundation with that, hoping to, you know, make some hay with it. And, uh, I think that's been a pretty steady approach and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the skeptical perspective, I think on that, on your position there. So, but it, 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 there is a, a weirdness to it, don't you think? Like things that make you go, hmm? Yeah, I, I, I would I'd say I'm on the fence with that one too. Like I could see either one being true. Mm -hmm. so, it, so as long so, as it's not crazy, that's, that's enough. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't, I, I'd say I would put them both in the plausible category, which means I don't have enough evidence to to say definitively, yep, that's what's happening but seems like it could be in either case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we just take things and other things into perspective, like the, the faster payments task force in 2013 ripples a part of that. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot of moving little pieces that uh, we can connect to further increase or yeah. decrease our degree of confidence. But, and, and yeah, you know, just, ripple uh, ripples clearly uh, in the best position, at least in the blockchain world to, um, to be the, the sort of glue that connects all these disparate financial markets. And they have like the, the battle tested technology, like they haven't had a lot of success, but at a basic level, it functions, it works, it can work on a global scale. It does address 
especially some of these smaller markets and leveling the playing field. And, uh, you know, this was something I talked about in the last podcast. You had uh, the Quakers trying to abolish slavery in the Great British Empire by going to these town meetings and talking to people. Well, the uh, politicians were remote sharecroppers in these Caribbean plantations that were growing sugarcane where, uh, you know, this Holocaust of 230,000 people dying down, uh, slaves dying in the, in the plantations was happening. They didn't want to change the system because they were benefiting from the current status quo. So there, that that's in play as well. None of these people want to give up their power because today the system benefits them. The new system there, they have far, far less control over, but the other, the, I guess the big threat looming over their heads is they completely lose control and have no say in the future system. So it's, it's, just, it's complex. Um, okay, Baba Sam, we're just going to circle now. Um, we have Idle, Idle Skeptic on the stage. Did you have a question um, for the panel this evening for Sam or Baba? Hey, yeah, I just got a question for Sam, and maybe Baba can follow up. Um, Sam, I totally agree with you on what you said originally about the Riddlers providing an understanding of oh, the potential landscape can you guys hear i don't skeptic either oh, could you oh you can't hear him rose i, I heard oh, speaking. Oh. Uh-oh. okay thank you Batman. okay I'll, I'll start over here can somebody tell rose i'm gonna speak for a minute okay rose he's good. um yeah so sam Sam, I totally agree with you on what you said. I just want to say welcome to um Ro- rose rose you're you're talking over um I don't, I don't think you can hear them. You may need to leave. Don't close the space. Just leave and re- come back because you have uh, Backman as a co-host. So. Get, get Idle. No, it won't. It'll yeah. drop anyways. Get Idle to come back. It'll drop if she leaves. Oops. Oh, whoops. Uh-oh. Sorry, Idle. <laughs> um, but I was just going to say um, good evening to those that have joined. Um, guest speaker and um, the original OG um, for those that are tuning in um, when I very first joined crypto way way back in 2019 um, Green Eggs and Sam, Crypto Eric, King Solomon uh, and a few others um, were the first sort of YouTube accounts really that I looked up to and learned you know um, all the all the good stuff way way back um, so I'm very honoured to have Sam with us this evening given his insights um, on numerous topics. Um, so if there's anybody in the crowd and audience that would like to come up and ask Sam a question, please feel free to hit the request button. Um, I have had a DM um, just just recently, um, and this goes to, to all, all panel on the stage, and, and it reads, just ask them the most important questions, please. When moon lol, like <laughs> give us damn exact date, time, and price already, lol. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think that's probably echoed throughout the community, um, hence the title of, of this evening's space. Thoughts, thoughts to the speaker panel. When, when the dollar is no longer accepted, uh, is not accepted in more places than it's currently accepted, that's when XRP will moon. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Um, idle, idle, apologies. Um, we sort of talked over each other there. I do apologize. Pause yours. Continue if you have any further questions. 
Yep, yep, no worries. Can you hear me now? Loud and clear, loud and clear. Okay, great. Well, my, my question kind of ties in a little bit, so I'll, I'll just start over here. Um, Sam, I was saying I agree with you what you said about the Riddlers providing an understanding of, of like the financial landscape and kind of just been preparing us for what's about to come. Um, Baba's account has been saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Baba, um, since he started his account that he's actually solved the riddles and seems to be convinced <laughs> that there's a specific date that they point to. Uh, so, Sam, do you actually believe the riddles point to a specific point in time or ever did point to a specific point in time and maybe have been delayed or that they're really just more of guidelines that are helping us to understand what's being rolled out as the events unfold? I'd Thank like you. to clarify before Sam starts that it's not a specific date, it's a specific month. That's all. The okay. answer to the riddles. That's all. Okay. Uh, no, I, like I take the more general approach that, uh, this is what's happening behind the scenes. These are the things you need to be paying attention to. I mean, remember, uh, I think one of the first things that Ripple Riddler <clears throat> did was a crossword puzzle that had stories. Like one of them was some trade agreement with China or, you know, something along those lines, I, I think there's probably more going on behind the scenes than we recognize, but at the same time, like their focus right now, I, I think is more on the, uh, what is it? 500 billion or 800 billion in, uh, underwater investments that these banks have. And the, the basically the big banks right now are swallowing up all the little banks and, uh, you know, they just, they want to kick the can and, and push the paradigm and you have, uh, I don't know if there's like a, a team crypto or not, but, uh, inevitably something's going to come along and displace it. Uh, and I, I think like the, the powers that be recognize that going back to that David Schwartz argument about. Uh, would you rather lose control completely or have it be an American corporation that you have some say over that's going to agree to follow all your sanctions? Uh, like that's where it goes. I don't think there is a uh, flip the switch date. I think it's a um, there's got to be enough pain for these banks to start stepping out on the skinny branches and trying something new, not because like, Oh, they, they, they see a chance to cut costs because really, you know, they're the remote sharecropper owners. Uh, this is downhill for them because it puts anybody on level footing or any, you know, financial institution on level footing with all the services and features that they make millions of dollars using or, or providing. So, uh, I, I feel like there's, they know it's inevitable, but again, they want to kick the can and like uh, if there's one thing the government excels at, it's kicking the can down the road, you know, referencing back to 2008. I, I'm amazed it's gone on this long. Can I um, just read one thing out uh, sure. regarding it's kind of regarding this question. So and again, to the point where I said before, I don't know because I know Sam used to follow others before. And I, I'm assuming based off of what I've seen with your account, you kind of not paid as much attention as you used to back in the day. And well, that's fine. I mean, but, I think um, most of them went away, really. So, mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess there's new ones, but like pool and loop and some of the others, they're so nebulous that I don't put much stock in them. I, I, I think mm. pool and loop are the same. I, I don't know. Maybe anyways, regardless okay. of what uh, this is, I just want to say something to the community and everyone listening. Uh, something that I've iterated multiple times since uh, getting into Riddlers is that uh, they are Freemasons. And uh, one thing about Freemasons, uh, I just want to read this one page, not even, takes me less than a minute. And then when I'm done reading it, uh, hopefully it makes sense to a lot of people. We, it, and, oh, okay. It is the Kabillion Hermetic Philosophy. Uh, the introduction page. We take great pleasure in presenting to the attention of students and investigators of the secret doctrine this little work based upon world-old Hermetic teachings. There has been so little written upon this subject, notwithstanding the countless references to the teaching and the many works upon occultism, that many earnest searchers after the arcane truths will doubtless welcome the appearance of present volume. The purpose of this work is not the enunciation of any special philosophy or doctrine, but rather to give the students, which is us, a statement of truth, fascinating sentence, that will serve to reconcile the many bits of occult knowledge that may have acquired, but which are apparently opposed to each other and which often serve, this is the important part, which often serve to discourage and disgust the beginner in the study. Our intent is not to erect a new temple of knowledge, but to rather place in the hands of a student a master key with which he may open the inner doors in the temples of mystery through the main portals he has already entered. I think the reason why Riddlers did what they did in the beginning is to actually, as the book says, disgust students or people in the community to see who has uh, the perseverance to withstand even when they believe they are wrong, the ability to keep marching forward. And I think it was done intentionally. One of the most important things I've learned with Riddlers is that not everything they say is true. You have to discern through the information what is truth, what is bullshit, what is just filler, and what is you should keep your eye on the prize or the eye on, per se. So that's just one thing I wanted everyone to hear and, and know. That's all. Bob, I just have one follow-up question for you regarding that. Um, what what makes you convinced that you have actually solved for a month? Uh, the fact that everything that after that has happened, according to that month, and the fact that like they reached out, and the fact that that timeline that they reached out with has proven and hit multiple times over and over and over and over and over. Even the last month, even when Ripple announced London, which I, I said two years before they had even announced it, I could keep going. But anyways, uh, I, I'm assuming, because like, at, at that time, at, back in that time frame, there was uh, a bunch of us uh, uh, decoding things, and my answer was, the answer to all of the riddles is 13, which I used to say back in the day, 184. And... Um, yeah, long story short, uh, you can ask anyone in this community if 13 or 33 hasn't played an important role. Two years ago, I said the most important numbers in this community are 13 and 33. It's not a coincidence the judge 
extended it to the from the sixth to the thirteenth in the exact time frame. My timeline says that she will, or it's not. It's not a coincidence that the footnotes have. You know, XRP is not a security on the thirty third footnote. But I'm not gonna. I'm not here to convince people or argue with that. I'm just here to say that the answer to the riddles is thirteen. And if you can figure out what is 13 in the riddles, then that points you to a specific month in time based off of their riddles. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that from both of you, Sam. Um, and you can uh, knock me down. So thank you. So I'll just add to that. Um, well, one, I don't know that they're all masons or that any of them are i don't have evidence of that i mean you could maybe infer that from some of their posts and things and that's where you're uh coming from uh but in support of that uh there was there was something from i can't remember which one it was from and or if it was, was public or a, a private message but uh there was definitely something where they said they had to sort of get everybody's attention now so that they kind of know what they can get it and know what they hold and of course here we are three years later uh and it's almost impossible to buy xrp in the united states and uh so yeah perhaps perhaps that's part of of what's happening there was um a ripple riddler drop that you decoded in 2018 it was on the brick wall and under the brick wall was the uh Freemason logo with the G and the, the compass, but uh, oh yeah, that's right, that. That that's right. Yeah, that was uh, a long, long time ago, <laughs> but I still remember that. I just want to welcome now um, to the floor and stage Ripple Ripples in Wales and Karen Exclusive. Uh, we'll go to Karen, Karen exclusive first um, as, as they joined um, first. So welcome, welcome, Karen exclusive. Thank you so much. Hi, good evening. I can say, um, I would just like to add one thing. So I personally don't have any information about secret societies being involved in anything extra. But I will also like to tell the room, not every member has access to every kind of information. I hope everyone takes that with a grain of salt, but I hope it helps to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And uh, like I've been watching some YouTube videos that kind of break down the secret knowledge of the Masons and it really kind of ties in with the law of attraction and how your thoughts actually create and manifest the reality and paying attention to those is is a very important thing that all of us should be doing a hundred percent i'll add one more thing that is the smartest thing about masonry that i've ever heard because everyone keeps thinking oh the illuminati or these and that and the way that you think controls your reality more than people imagine and the last thing i'll add on that um it's kind of like Let's say like someone teaches you how to make a souffle, but they don't tell you how to put eggs in it. You can get it right if you get it wrong. So the way societies, and there are different secret societies, they may learn a variation that would be a little bit different, let's say, than what you would read on a book like The Secret. 
but again, I'm talking about my experience and what I've been around, if that makes sense. But you're 100% right. Yeah, so the way I, I describe just, reality is um, like if you ever made those little pictograms on the on the edge of the book and then you flip through it and your stick figures are fighting each other and so forth. I used to do that in government school all the time. Um, that's kind of, I use that analogy to sort of clue people into how I think reality works. It's, it's like frames of a movie. You're watching TV and you're seeing th- 24, 30 or 60 frames a second. Those are like flashcards that are popping up and each one's a little bit different, but in our, in our physical reality, we're getting billions of those every second. Uh, I think what being a Freemason teaches you to do the big secret there is really understanding, uh, one, that there are these natural laws that we've all agreed to that are, this is how this materium works, physical reality works and so forth. But two, you have an infinite number of cards, flashcards in front of you that are determined by your thoughts, by your choices, by your intentions. And you can actually sort of reach out into the infinite and pluck the card that you want and put those in your path and go down that path. And so in a sense, you can learn to manifest your reality, tilt the table in your favor in a way that benefits you or what you're trying to create. And I think that's the big secret of Freemasons. A hundred percent. Um, sorry, I would just finish at, just to build on what you said. A hundred percent. If you, again, don't take it as science, take it as um, philosophy per se. But if there are infinite timelines of what could happen, and if the past, present, and future coexist, right, it's no longer what happens to you because everything ha- will happen, is happening, and so on. So it's really what you consciously experience. And that kind of gives you the freedom to remove the odds and, you know, choose what you want to experience, give it or take. That's right. How are we doing, Mr. I? What's up, Sam? Hey, Sam. Howdy. Uh, howdy. Nice to meet you. They call me the cool guy and others just call me the cool guy. So I got a question. So it's, it's, it's it's, it's, it's my belief, I don't want you to dwell too much on this, but you said it, so I just want to dive into it a little. So it's my belief in the, in the earlier days, Ripple might have been captured by what we call the bad guys. I mean, you had Clinton, you had Kutcher, you had the Ellen Show, it was a media darling. And then sometime in 2017, you had a little switch where the Korean exchanges you know, all that went on. The media stopped talking about it. You had the free pass. And in or around that time, you had Ken Kirsten, Kirsten put on the board, you know, Kushner's, Kushner family friend. You know, you had Brad coming in a little before then or then. So to me, that second part of Ripple's journey, what I believe would be, quote unquote, the recapturing of Ripple by the good guys of America. So I just want to know, what makes you believe that Brad G has been a bad actor other than if it's, if it's, if it's just 
the selling that he did. Okay, so a couple things there. Um, I would I would put that as far the, the whole uh, cap Ripple is a captured asset, controlled opposition now. Um, plausible. I would say they already they already have control over them because you know they're seeking to abide by the regulatory framework, and that that's really what that is. It's a mechanism of control that they can. Uh, you know, find a way to threaten you and leverage you to do whatever it is the the state wants. Uh, I I look at like Kushner and um, uh, Clinton and and the others as them trying to to peddle buy influence uh, from from the establishment from the system, and and at the same time like the whole Ellen uh, donation thing that was trying to drive mass awareness because I think Ripple in the early days thought that this was going to, that, you know, they'd be a commercial success by now instead of still uh, spending down their, their pile of XRP sales. Um, there was another aspect to that, that I was, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm blanking on the other part of that. Can I ask a question though? Um, it's regarding on, I want, I want Mr. I's question. If Brad, I was really bad. Let's. I don't know what Brad's net worth was oh. before he got paid in XRP, but let's just say Brad was worth ten million. Okay. Sorry, Baba. I think I don't know if you you can overhear Mr. I, but I think he was already sorry. He was already in, in question with Sammy. If I could just sorry. Yeah. If I, if I may say, professionally well, call you. Um, yeah, no just, to, just to circle back to Mr. I. Apologies. Apologies. And now I remember, and I, I remember where you're going with that, or the other part that I forgot. Okay, well, for one thing, Brad was driving a, a Tesla for um, oh, Uber executive or something before. I, I don't think he was sitting on ten million dollars. I mean, maybe he was, but uh, to me, it's not just the sales; it's the fact that he's going out. Uh, making these painting this rosy picture of what's happening behind the scenes when that really wasn't the case. And like, I get that CEOs need to do that. They need to put their best foot forward, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Uh, at the same time though, his actions don't back his words. And, uh, you know, the, the whole comment about I'm long XRP and long Bitcoin, that's not an accurate representation of what he was actually doing. And I think if he told the truth, it would have had a very, you know, especially if he come came out and said, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm selling my $150 million worth of XRP, half my bag. And uh, I'm using the same programmatic traders that ripple the company is using to sort of hide it. So we don't affect the, the price of XRP those two things sort of work in partnership to drive the price up, to create the exit liquidity that him and Chris uh, took advantage of, in my opinion. But do you, do you hold on, just, just to close, um, appreciate your answer. Um, does the fact that Ripple puts out the quarterly reports to show their transparency as opposed to other projects in the industry, you know, mitigate that opinion at all? 
you know, like I, 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 yes and no. Uh, yes, they've been a leader in transparency when it comes to what the company's doing in a lot of ways. And, you know, there was a video I did where I pointed out that um, the MoneyGram, uh, that they, they were paying MoneyGram in XRP, and then MoneyGram was immediately turning around and selling that, using it in uh, X-Rapid transactions to um, send money, you know, to basically demo their product, maybe for other customers or something. Uh, that I made the point that in a video that that should be included in the XRP sales because, you know, they give it to MoneyGram and it's immediately is going to get sold on the open market. And, uh, Brianne, I believe she was the one doing the reports at the time. She, the next one, they went and changed it, uh, to include that. So, you know, like I, I definitely give them a lot of credit for publishing that report that should also extend though to the executives. And so it's kind of a do as I say, not as I do coming from Brad and, uh, you know, him benefiting financially from that uh, in a personal capacity, uh, it, it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth, especially as he's going out calling for greater transparency in the industry. That's the slap in the face. All right, fair enough. And when we, we can all agree what this mission is, is doing does involve national security, right? So there's no you know, questions of whether there are higher powers involved. Um, I, I'm, I'm, We're talking about the financial uh, Okay, yes. Um, is it viewed that way? I guess it would be. Yeah, okay. I'll go along with you on that. All right, thanks, Sam. No problem. Rose, if I could just uh, ask my question. Of course. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. So, and I, I completely agree with what Sam is saying. Like, I, I get it. I do get it. But on the other side of the coin, let's just say, and I, I'm just throwing out any number here. I don't know what Brad's worth at the time was. But if somebody, I don't know how much did Brad, okay, let's just say somebody gave me $100 million in XRP. Well, I'm going to at least want to enjoy a little bit of it, though, but how am I going to pay the taxes on that if I don't sell it? I'm going to have to sell. Like I, I, I can't come up with the money another way. So I'm going to have to sell some to pay the capital gain. Okay. And my um, beef is not that he sold XRP. My beef is that he okay. went out and said, I'm long XRP. I'm long Bitcoin. Uh, and he didn't want to disclose. But yet in the he's not. He's smart enough to know that the stock options reporting to the SEC exist for a reason, and these are the equivalent in the new financial system of stock options. And he wasn't reporting those. He was being very uh, obtuse about what he was doing and um, how much he got and all of these things, whereas in the traditional system, that's public information, okay? But yet in, in crypto... That's a, uh, it's a black box and he chose to, I think, misrepresent his actions because a lot of what he did was not just sell for taxes, but sell to buy Bitcoin. And how many people were all in on XRP because 
holy shit, major bank by the end of the year and at least a dozen next year using XRP. That's right. going to drive the price up. And then what happened? It didn't. Didn't materialize. Bitcoin went crazy. A lot of people lost out because of that. And a lot I, I of people, a lot of people paid higher prices for XRP because there was more demand as a result of these Riddlers, as a result of Brad's comments. Whereas, you know, like I could have maybe a third more XRP now uh, than I have because of his actions is, is kind of how I look at it. Understandable. I understand. I, I just wanted to like bring out like if somebody gets paid an X amount, there's no way to pay taxes unless they sell yep. some of X amount. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Fair point. Absolutely. Thank you, Baba. I um, just want to, um, well, I've got numerous requests joining the stage. Um, we're going to go first um, to Ripples in Wales, and then we're going to go to Harry, um, and then Kashta, and then I'll bring some more people up. Um, Sam, how are you for time? How are you for speaking? Cause I know you're, you're getting a lot of questions. Is it all, all okay on, on your side? Yeah, I'm doing good. While this next person, if they can talk for a couple minutes, I'll be listening, but I'm going to run to the restroom, and then I'll be back. Thank you, Sam. Um, okay, uh, we're going to welcome up uh, Ripple Ripples in Wales. Hi, Hi How's it going? Very well. How's, how's your holiday? Ah, it's good. Nice to get away and get a bit of sun. Same, same, same. And um, you have a question for Sam? Yeah, um, I haven't spoken to Sam in person before. So, hi, Sam. I know you want to bugger off to the restroom, but just a couple of quick questions. So it was regarding the Christmas scene, Sam, if you remember that back back in the day. We'd been through that a few times. I just wanted to pull your feels on that scattergraph. Uh, for those of you who are, who are not familiar with in the, the bearable guy Christmas scene that we'd all been kind of going over back and forth, there is a, a, a like a recycle machine that a hand is turning a handle on and there's a new, num, number of coins that are spread out across a uh, a lower part of a, uh, a, a Persian rug. And we, we've all looked at it in, in numerous ways and trying to figure out what's what. And I think it all has to do with the, the regulations that are coming down on the various tokens in due course. And my questions are, with the change in <sighs> proof-of-stake laws that are you know, kind of circling with the SEC at the minute, do you think that the... that are that a number of crypto projects are going to come under the purview of the SEC under securities or, you know, tokenized securities. And do, do you do you link that, that scene and those tokens that are coming out of that white paper recycle machine to do with these um, potential tokenized securities that are in the crypto space that are going to get, you know, the gavel falling down on them? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the... At the puzzle right now, I, I remember it from a long time ago, and it was I, the yeah. best sort of explanation I heard was uh, the ones with color have utility, the other ones do not. Um, is the SEC going to attack them? Yes. I mean, they are they obviously are on a full court press to try and capture the crypto uh, space or or financial system under their authority versus anyone else's because you know it's competing games of criminals they want to 
grab as much power as they possibly can. And that's what I think we're seeing play out with the lawsuits and the ridiculous, you know, oh, we've given you regulatory clarity. Okay, which ones are securities? Well, we can't tell you that, (laughs) but get it wrong and we will uh, we will come after you and sue you. It's it's absolutely absurd. Um, There was another part to your question, though. What what was it? Uh, it was it was just a follow on thought, you know, with Schwartz recently putting up a little banner um, post, you know, saying that, you know, Ripple took on, a, a, you know, something that was more sinister than they never realized. And he hoped yeah. they wouldn't have to shut the door behind them. And also Hoskinson, you know, Charles Hoskinson, sorry, who, you know, who kicked off after getting a bit of a, a tip or yeah. some sort of, he, he also flared up. And I noticed there was a similarity in both those energies. And I just had a feeling you know, obviously, with, with hindsight, looking at this all now with two years behind us, or Ripple are obviously going to come out first, you know, in first and out first, and then the rest of them have got to go through that revolving door, haven't they? Perhaps. You know, if we look to some of the later riddles, like the, the ship one, where you had the, I, my interpretation of it is they were stranding the king on the iceberg, leaving him high and dry, so to speak. I guess yeah. physically speaking or literally speaking is the word I'm looking for. Uh, and they were sailing backwards and the old ship, the old regulation books were thrown in the water, kind of at the feet of the King. The new ones were at the uh, stern of the boat. Uh, and then in the next one, you saw the old ones were kind of shotgunned and disheveled and on the top shelf. And then the, this is the workshop uh, puzzle. And then below that you had these nice, I think it was four, clear volume showing regulatory clarity two of them were overlapping a little bit meaning there's some commonality and enforcement between the two of them i think that's the new system um is that going to play out i guess would be the question that i've got or because again you've got these competing criminal gangs in government all fighting to uh, you know, get the ring and, and have the ultimate power in, in this, whatever, whatever they can actually. So which one, which system's going to play out? I don't know, but, um, there's a lot of dirty tricks being played. I think that's a, a given. Uh Oh, I might've just got disconnected.
going to sell it, isn't he? You know, it, crypto may not have exploded. It may have stayed, um, mm-hmm. you know, at those kind of super, super low levels for um, for much, much longer. Um, but, you know... I've had some difficulties with the connection, and hopefully you're all refreshed. I'm back, yeah, should be. Can you hear me? And hopefully you can hear us. Uh, um, but we are going to just circle quickly back to Ripples in Wales, and just to conclude his question, and then we can move move on. Sammy, you back with us? I, I'm welcome. back. Can you hear me okay? Rose, can I, can I just say this out? Hi, Sam. Nice to um, nice to nice to talk to you. Obviously, a big big fan of yours. But hey, um, hey. I was just pointing out the fact. Hey, there, mate. But, um, but, but I think when Brad joined Ripple, he didn't actually take his salary. He took his salary in, in XRP. I could be completely wrong with that, but that, that's just something that I recall. Um, and obviously, it's a big job. You know, it was a big job that he took on at, uh, um, at Ripple, and, and the price of XRP at the time was super super low. And you know when crypto crypto blew up, that kind of just blew up in his in his favour. The price is going absolutely parabolic. He's he's gonna he's gonna sell. You know, um, yeah. I don't kind of um, uh, you, you, can you really hold that against him? You know, if he was getting paid a salary and um, um, but, you know that was perhaps perhaps dollars, and he was you know he was he, he was doing something different away from that, and I could kind of. I could kind of, um, I could kind of get it, but you know that's just blown up in his favour. The price is parabolic. He's 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 sold. I think that's. I don't think that's completely, completely unreasonable. I had one more other thing, which is slightly conspiratorial. Um, so, just on the, um, is it Eleanor? I don't, I don't know how you pronounce the second name. Is it DeGeneres or Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, I don't know. Again, I know you're, you know, somewhat of a conspiracy guy, but I don't know whether you've ever, ever followed or ever sort of looked into the kind of Alice and Bob conspiracy. I wouldn't call it a conspiracy, or maybe looked into it as, as a conspiracy. Um, yeah, I do find it interesting that certain people have appeared in and around um, um, kind of the whole ripple scene. And you know you'll be familiar with the, some of the, some of the conspiracies that sort of surround that person and other people that have you know that have kind of appeared there in the past. Um, yeah, and just you know, I didn't really want to get you know get too deep into it, but just wondered if it was something that you'd ever kind of um, looked at or maybe 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 come across just in in, in the things that um, you know you've kind of dived into in the past. Like uh, I think Ellen is a, a, a very very bad actor. Um, that people are going to yeah. be physically ill when they find out who she really is. That's that's my opinion. Uh, hopefully, that addresses yeah. what you're what you're asking there. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, so certain groups of people recently have celebrated, you know, Alice Day, for instance. I don't know whether you're, you know, you're kind of familiar with that, or you know, where the whole kind of, you know, Bob and Alice thing starts in the seventies around sort of crypt- cryptography, but there's lots of other meanings to it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I find it interesting that she kind of appears, and you know she isn't the only one. Um, I just kind of get, you know, like I said, I'm not. I don't want to turn it into some sort of freak show, but um, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely, you know, 
barrels on talking, talking, talking about different things. There's definitely kind of some weirdness um, because you can have, you know, you can have the sort of Bob and Alice thing and you think, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit odd. And then you see these other people kind of appear and you think, well, you know, that's even odder. But yeah, just I'm just throwing that out there anyway. Maybe it's something that, um, that other people would, you know, potentially look at. Um, yeah, I just find it weird. And that's all I wanted to say. But very, very nice to meet Sam. All right. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. And on your earlier question, uh, there were, I think it was uh, David that talked to, that mentioned this. You had, when you go to work for Ripple, you have the option to take your salary in XRP, to take fiat, or to take some combination. I never heard Brad say anything to that effect. I, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but I don't think so. And again, it's not so much the sales that uh, bother me. It's the lack of transparency and, and really, I would say, almost obfuscation as he's promoting progress that's really overhyped, uh, dramatically overhyped. I mean, the major bank was what, Euroexum, which has a total of zero uh, physical bank branches. That's, I'm sorry, that's not a major bank. So it, it's, it's that no, sort of like almost intentional misleading of the community to create the exit liquidity that they were tapping into at the time. They were making those statements that I have a... a a serious problem with and I would add to that the lack of the board of directors doing something about it now maybe they're um, waiting for the lawsuit to end to, to replace him and get somebody else in and they've certainly been promoting someone up through the ranks that might be a potential candidate for that we'll, we'll see if that happens or not but to me it just it, it, it reeks of a lack of integrity Hold on, let, let me just add a couple of things it reeks of a lack of integrity. Yeah. And also when you look at the tie-ins with the Clintons and some of these other bad actors and, you know, bringing people over from the treasury and so forth, Ripple is this left-leaning company. Um, very much so. They, they support the whole pride thing. You know, remember they changed their logo to the whole pride thing and uh, very much of that mindset. So mm, like they, they, I, I think they're true believers that sort of play in that world, if that makes sense. But it, to, to be fair, you know him him being bullish on you know you know however you want to however you want to call it XRP, Bitcoin, um, or cryptocurrency generally was that was that unreasonable? You know, probably not. Bitcoin had to run up to sixty nine k. Um, you know, there's an argument there that that, that XRP probably would have had a run. Um, you know, into sort of you know the five dollar ter territory, possi poss possibly higher yeah. if it wasn't if it wasn't for the SEC. Is it unreasonable? No. You know, is he is he talking his book a little bit? Yeah, you know, abs absolutely. Um, but but you know, hold on, Harry. Does it, it change it, your outlook uh, if he said, "I'm selling half of my XRP"? And converting, I, I don't know what percentage of it, 50% of my sales into cash and 50% into Bitcoin. Because a lot of people, myself included, were just all in on XRP because we've got major banks coming. We've got this coming. Uh, you know, Bitcoin is is hitting the, the, the cracks are showing in the, as far as throughput and, and so on. And Lightning was a complete joke. Of course, now it's centralized and on and on. But I, like, I still feel like, uh, the truth is the best 
is the best answer to that. And that's not what we got, at least in my opinion. Sam, I am on, I am on Twitter. Um, you know, when, when the SEC, I think the SEC was looking to make some of his financial records public, I think, um, at one point. And, you know, I, I was the first person to take to Twitter and talk about the fact, you know, wouldn't it be embarrassing, actually, if, um, if that sort of turned up, um, you know, the fact that all of that, all of that, Money that was generated from from XRP sales was, you know, at least somewhat flipped or, or reasonably flipped into in, in, into Bitcoin. Um, so I was at, you know, I was kind of calling kind of calling that out. Um, but the SEC was, I don't think the SEC was able to was able to get and, and, and publish those those records. And I don't think anybody could, can actually or has actually, you know, proved that. I don't think that he's actually come out and said said that. Even though I think that that's a very distinct possibility. I don't think I don't I don't think any of that any of that sticks today. But I, I could be completely completely wrong. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, but Rose. Definitely, definitely. I was hey. I was calling him on it. You know. Hey, Rose. Back. Don't waste time. Rose. I'm gonna jump off anyway. So, hey. Nice, nice to meet you, Rose. Thanks very much. Hey, she could just hang five pieces. Yeah, I gotta use the bathroom. I just wanted to ask Harry or uh, 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 Sam a question real quick because I gotta hang up. Sam, uh, I respect your uh, views and your opinion, but um, you're the same guy who was making Ripple decoding videos in 2019, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay, so I just wanted to clarify that for what it's worth for the people to in the room to understand who you were before you uh, turned your uh, head the other way. You you made a whole entire YouTube channel then you got banned on youtube right why did you get banned on youtube uh sam uh we've already discussed this uh because oh, I, I, I got here because i spoke out against things that were contradictory to the narrative that was being pushed that's led to a holocaust yeah we we, we, we covered that over earlier oh yeah well no I just, this is the same guy uh people in the room this is the same dude who was making decode videos for years on xrp and ripple right so that's not like really disputed. Really I don't know what you think you're it uncovering like here. You got really impatient. It, <laughs> it sounds like you got really impatient and now decided to uh, turn your back. Just oh, a heads okay. up. Nobody can really say much when when people are getting sued. There, there's a lot of things that they can't say, so Brad can't disclose a lot of things while being sued. But mm. you're the same guy who made decode videos, and then you went all QAnon uh, on, on everybody, and that's when everyone stopped following you. You're probably one of the most irrelevant people in this space. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Appreciate appreciate your thanks, uh, your support. Jesus, apologies, Sam. Oh that. no, it's um, fine. You know, I did, I did, I did think when you <sighs> when you dropped the the Brad, the Brad bomb that we'd go down, we'd get a little bit high rate. Yeah, like there's there's people, the, Rose. There's people that yeah, are emotionally in, attached to their investment, and anytime I bring up this topic, they come out of the woodwork like that. And so, yeah. you know, his best explanation is, well, you're just sour because it didn't work out the way you wanted. Now, my XRP is sitting in cold storage. It's fine. Uh, I'm just sitting back waiting for all this to unfold, ride or die. I, I don't care. I'm not a fan of the company Ripple or Brad or some of the others, but you know what? It doesn't change what I see coming. It never has. All right. Uh, okay, and um, just a reminder, so that I am bringing up to the stage, anybody that is being rude or disrespectful will be kicked off, as Fish was. Um, moving on. Uh, welcome, Sec OP, to the stage, and Kashta. We're going to go to Kashta next. He had his hand up. Welcome, Kashta, to the floor. 
hope you well. Thank you very much. What up, Sam? Um, I've been knowing you for years via this Twitter Twitter thing. So I like some of your prepper content because I've been a prepper for a long time. So that's probably what I like best about a lot of your stuff because I think it bodes people well to be aware of it. Um, The next thing I'll say is what I'm about to say is in no way to invalidate your personal feelings about everything that you've said because you're entitled to feel however you choose to feel. And that goes for anybody, right? I just personally take a different perspective. Yeah, I just personally take a different perspective because I don't believe that a person selling doesn't mean that they're still long. Like I have been selling XRP and buying XRP and I've always been long. So it doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily long just because I'm selling. So I think that was a little unfair of a characterization um, to say that. And then as far as the disclosures, right, you're saying, well, it's kind of like the new securities disclosures. I think that's very improper to kind of place that burden on Brad because uh, his personal holding shouldn't have any bearing on whether he should be disclosing or not. Um, and the reason okay. for that is there's really no asymmetry. Hold on, hold on, just one second. There's really no asymmetry of information embedded in anything that Ripple's doing and the price because none of their activities had a bearing negatively or positively on the price. It was the market at large. And Brad had no way of knowing what the market would do positively or negatively. So I just think that, again, you're free to feel that way. But I think it's a very big stretch and mischaracterization the way that you're characterizing it. Okay. Why do you think that uh, options in cryptocurrency, XRP, are different than options in stock granted to executives, to a CEO? Why are options trading different in crypto? No. Why would you, why do you think the difference, there's a difference between cryptocurrency granted as executive compensation versus stock granted as executive compensation? And I would argue that now Brad, as the CEO of the company driving the primary use case, and this is another place that I disagree. I went in the beginning before I ever bought XRP I researched it for months and I learned what X current X rapid X via, I learned what they were doing. I recognized that, okay, this is a company who's putting their work into driving value in XRP and I want to ride their coattails. So like that was my worldview. And I, I think that Brad does have a material impact on the, uh, price of XRP. And so does Brianne Madigan as outlined in the lawsuit, because Remember, she was, uh, wit- hold on, though. hold on, let me just finish. She, she was witness number four or whatever it was in the office when she's saying you're going to crash the price of the token with all of these sales that they were pushing. Okay, but this is what I, I think makes the point that I'm making. You just admitted that your thesis, when you came into this, did revolve around riding the coattails of Ripple. So That's to right. the last gentleman's point, I'm not discouraging you in any way, but I think that kind of contributes to this whole thing, right? Because like for me, I was never under that impression, right? And so when you were hearing 12 banks, it encouraged you and made you think, oh, this thing is getting ready to go. Well, most people weren't weren't there, right? Like, And to that point, even that they didn't get the 12 banks, right, in that period of time, the people who were buying at that time, still, if they would have stayed strict to their courage of conviction, 
would have experienced a 10x or more price appreciation. It's just their time horizon was wrong off, right? So I don't think that anything that Brad did had any negative effects that you're, you're really trying to characterize unless you buy into this belief that you said you did, that you were trying to ride Ripple's coattails. And so I just think that it's a miscalculation on your part or anybody's part who, who, who took that thesis. So what, what's driving, in your opinion, value in the XRP token right now? Speculative buyers. Why are they speculating on XRP and not Bitcoin or uh, Litecoin or Ethereum? Why XRP? That, that goes through a plethora of different reasons, right? User experience, belief in um, um, the, the transaction fees, throughput. Like, there could be a whole plethora of reasons why one person speculates over one asset or another, but both are still speculators. Okay, but, uh, you know, there's lots of other coins out there that have slightly better metrics now than the uh, XRPL. Why not speculate on those? Why are they speculating on XRP versus, say, Stellar? Again, I don't think we're going to get anywhere trying to ascertain why someone is speculating on something because everybody's going to be different. Are there people who are riding the coattails of Ripple like you just described? I'm not denying that. Let me make that clear. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have their own individual reason. And, and, and think about it, Sam. I have been here as long as you, and I've always said that that was a bad thesis to be thinking that you're simply riding the coattails of Ripple. Like, this is not even how cryptocurrency really came to most of us, right? It was, like you said initially, and I'm glad you said it earlier, it was more about taking control of not having the state be the only issue of currency. Like, that's what brought me into crypto and a lot of us early people into crypto. Yeah. How other people spun so off and start driving the coattails of Ripple, that's a different narrative. Well, it is, but it's also a, a different stage in the, in the evolution of the ecosystem. And, and, you know, like, right. I think, well, I think, hold on, let me, let me add a little point here. I think the elephant in the room is that Ripple is this multi-million dollar company with all these employees all over the world trying to drive a, you drive utility into the token. I'm a utility investor. That's what appeals to me more than anything. Coins that actually are used in the real world because they improve a, an existing process or uh, invent some new way to, to move money. It was probably the easiest example. So that sounds good, Sam, but as a responsible investor, if that was your thesis, then that means you would have been tracking the flows, i.e. the utility and investing according to how much actual utility was at any uh, given I'm a long-term time. investor. And you didn't invest based on that. You no, invest based I, I, on the aspect, just like most of us did. That's not true. So I'm a long-term investor. I see value, I see potential, and I invest in it. And I don't know what the timetable is going to be. And that's been my strategy. It's still my strategy. It hasn't changed through all of this. There's, I get these uh, direct messages and texts. Do you still hold XRP, Sam? It's like that hasn't changed. People, you, I, It's okay to criticize some bad actors or the company and their actions uh, and still hold the token that you think stands the best chance of long-term success. That's fair. Criticized them many times, like many times. But at the end of the day, all I'm getting at, if we just extrapolate this out to the macro view, 
any of those buyers who were buying during that time that Brad was saying all that and selling his XRP would have still been in profit. All you have to do is have a long time horizon. Like that's ultimately the bottom line to all this. Like he did nothing that would have caused him to have losses. In fact, most people who've ever bought XRP as we speak today are in profit. Like that's just the reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably true. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for your questions, Kashta. Um, and we're going to move now to Sec. Sec Ops. Sec Ops. Is that right? Yeah, Sec Ops. Welcome up. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Rose. I appreciate it. Good to good to be up here and, and see a lot of longtime people. And Sam, you're one of those. I remember when you joined mm-hmm. in and started with all the Riddlers. And God, I wish there was still something out there that was <laughs> as fun to try to track and keep up with. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in the down times, it was something that kind of perked everybody up. So, you know, I think that with everybody, not everybody's going to agree with everything, and you wouldn't agree with all my stuff. But when Harry was up on stage and, and uh, he mentioned uh, about Brad and the, taking the compensation, I do remember that being said because I also believe Joel Katz agreed not to take the XRP and decided to take a salary. I think I, I'm correct in that fact. Those were from years ago. Um, okay, yeah, I, just, I don't remember that, and I'd want to see yeah. you know, definitive evidence yeah, of that yeah, before. Yeah. But it, And again, though, my whole point is it's not the selling of XRP. It's the way it was done, the way it was obfuscated, no, and, the, and the hyping of yeah. progress that was really I'm, almost non-existent. No, I'm not harping on you. I'm, I'm just tying in where I'm getting to my question. Okay. So somebody else also mentioned that if it wasn't that and there was capital gains taxes, and it made me think what, what one of the major disruptors in using XRP for the larger institutions could be, and you don't hear this often enough anymore, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that the use case has disappeared, or the end result of a use case is that these banks are able to reduce the amount of dormant capital being held Correct. if they're utilizing RP. So what are the disruptors? And, and I, I think back to the riddles and the molasses and things being so slow, and, and we could get into all the, the controversial topics of politics and what they do to slow stuff up. But I can only imagine the billions and billions of dollars that are being held in dormant capital by these banks. They can't just flip the switch because what happens if they flip the switch? So I'm just curious as to your thoughts on, you know, why would you expect a a switch to be flipped versus it's got to take time. It has to take some regulation and what's going on there. Yeah. So two sides to that coin. Uh, yeah, there's billions and billions of dollars in trapped stranded capital is what, how I always referred to it. I think that's the best description where they're using this whole Nostro Vostro system. Uh, at the same time, what you also have to recognize is there's a hierarchy. So it's the big banks that have that billions of dollars in capital stranded around the world and they have a direct line to the Fed where they can get money at virtually uh, for free. 
And uh, all the little banks and small mom and pop banks and mid-sized banks, uh, they have to pay big bucks to access that liquidity and uh, compete on the same level as the tier one banks. So Ripple or XRPL, RippleNet comes along, it levels that playing field. So that's the whole analogy with the remote sharecroppers uh, being part of the, the British government uh, they're, they're also owners in these sugarcane plantations in the Caribbean where 230,000 uh, slaves were slaughtered. They didn't want to give up that power, and the Tier 1 banks are in that same position today. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, and they're, I guess, trying to that, – that, that's also, I guess, one of the reasons I think it's, it's going to – there's going to be a catalyst that drives the change. And then I also absolutely agree with you. Uh, they can't just flip the switch and now uh, $3 billion a day is going between uh, Europe and the U.S. market because it would just overwhelm the order books almost instantaneously. It's got to be a slow build-out process. I think they tried to drive that with MoneyGram. Uh, before that, it was uh, – I'm still blanking on his name. Uh, but he was trying to do that in some various ways and, uh, again – in my view, Ripple's really floundered when it comes to driving liquidity in XRP. They just haven't been able to to crack that nut yet. And again, I think it's going to come from a catalyst that forces the banks uh, to adopt this. And in the process, it's going to level the playing field. But look at what's happening right now. The small banks, because of the this zero interest rate policy for that's went on far, far too long, they parked a bunch of money in treasuries. Those investments are now underwater. So customers are withdrawing for greener pastures. Those greener pastures exist in the big banks. So they're literally right now going through and systematically wiping out all of their small and mid-bank competition before this new system comes in that levels the playing field. And I don't think that's uh, purely a coincidence either. Like no, somebody's given that some thought as well. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a different, it's a fine line, it's a balancing act between leveling the playing field, which is one of the big things that they want to do, but also on the, the, I say the government's end, and it, this goes across the world, of protecting those banks from whatever the, the disruptive things come from releasing dormant capital. I mean, does it all of a sudden, is that like, is that all of a sudden an income or is it taxed and do they want to allow time to siphon that money out in, in a, in a different fashion? That way it's just not all of a sudden absorbed in something because I, I think we all know that the banks are protected. Yeah. So and I was just going to say there, I think they would draft legislation to let it be treated whatever is most preferable to the big banks because they're in bed with the, exactly. the politicians. So it really doesn't, it doesn't exactly. I don't see that playing in. Yeah. I appreciate how are you, all of your input. How are, you, how are you characterizing going from like $50,000 a day back in when this all started in the era that we're talking about? to a $15 billion run rate a year is not doing a good job of increasing the liquidity and growing the product. That That's a real problem for me. I mean, 
okay, sure, they're making progress, but it is a slow and steady grind, which is kind of what I expected. What we were being told is major bank with 12 more. That's If that came true, you would be at hundreds of billions right now. We're a long, long way. I think that's a false characterization. And I think you're making the same mistake twice if you make that assumption, right? You're leading people to think even if we got 12 banks today, that it would be some exponential price appreciation. And I think that's still a mischaracterization. No, what I'm saying is if you had 12 tier one banks actually using XRP for cross-border payments, we would see flows in the hundreds of billions of dollars. I think that's, fact. Are you saying that's not true? I'm saying it's potentially not true. And the reason I'm, I want to clarify why I'm saying that, because for me, XRP is still only um, primarily designed to facilitate illiquid situations. So even if they had the 12 tier one banks, unless these particular no, loans were going I, into illiquid corridors, no, you, you no. asked me a question and then you you're talking to answer it, but go ahead, man. You're saying that, that the primary driver is for um, low liquidity markets? No. Uh, cross-border payments take days to complete. This halt runs the gambit in 60 seconds. Account deposit, withdraw to account deposit. I'm, I'm very That's the that. primary I'm, driver. I'm very That's the that. primary driver. Moving money in a minute versus three that, days. But, but, the, the whole... Sorry, I'm just the point of the matter is in a high liquid corridor. Sorry, I'm just going to mute everybody there because uh, some people are talking over other people's questions. Um, I've just muted the whole stage. Just going to reset the vibe a little bit. Kashita, if you just want to ask your final question to Sam, and then we're going to rotate round to um, right rabbit, wabbit, and then Mr. I. Um, a few more speakers to go. Uh, time check on the clock, 11.08, and then I'm going to wrap this up. I am over in the UK coming up to midnight um so yeah cash if you could um um if you want to finalize your questions sam and then we'll we'll move forward thank you no i jumped some other speakers so i'm going to yield to them i shouldn't have interrupted in the first place but i was just okay. drawing the I point that in a high liquid in a high liquid corridor the spreads are so tight that the fees are sufficient enough to remain in that flow and so you only go to an xrp when it's a new liquid corridor and the spreads are gapped apart and so it's a high cost to move the money if, so if, that's the dynamics of why a highly liquid corridor may not have the cost structure that makes xrp the logical choice if you're a tier one bank if you're the small mid-sized bank in a in a small town somewhere in the usa then it's a game changer and that's the leveling of the playing field. That that's what your I think your worldview is not taken into account. Okay, um, thank you, Kashta. I'm going to move now on to um, I think I believe it was right wabbit. I can never get that right the right way round. Welcome to the stage. Hope you're well. And do you have a question? I I assume for some. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to change the subject completely and go down a rabbit hole, if you don't mind. So maybe Mr. I wants to go first, so the flow is there. Yeah, I was going to throw my tinfoil hat on, too. It ended pretty fun. Um, you you can go. Oh, no. You're a gym. You go first, buddy. All right, Sam, I'm back. So okay. just quick, when, uh, around what date was that 
announcements that they were going to partner with these tier one banks. Oh, uh, I think that was 2018 timeframe. All right. All right. Earlier. So it was like, October. So I've always had a theory. I've always had a theory and, and I don't want to get into too much politics, but I, I assume we lean similar ways. I mean, I don't know too many Biden lovers who are preppers. Um, but did you, did you prefer Trump over Biden in the election? I, I'm a, I'm an anarchist. I, I don't okay. prefer any of them. All right. So, so do, do you, do you think some sketchy things went on with the election? hundred percent. Okay. So do you remember when Trump said, you know, I signed something into law, it goes into effect January 1st, you better hope I win. I, 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 I maybe, but I'm not sure specifically what you're referring to. All right. So there, there's been a lot of talk today, like, you know, the Riddlers let people down. The timeline wasn't that great. Things haven't happened when we wanted. And not everyone here is going to agree with this. So close your ears. But what if, I mean, everything went downhill pretty much after the election when the lawsuit was brought. I mean, what if there was a plan that if the sketchiness in the election you know, was overcome and the administrations continued that there was a plan in place to start launching. But the fact that these sketchy things went on, there had to be a plan B put in place. And maybe that's why a lawsuit was brought to delay things. I mean, I know you said pay to play, but, you know, maybe the timelines had to be extended, you know, a year or two out or we're here three years later because they had to take a different plan in order not to, you know, just not start a civil war or just let things play out and expose things as we've been seeing in every different aspect in life from, you know, COVID to education, to finance, uh, to all these things. I mean, I just, I just thought about that a couple of times. I I don't know exactly what's playing out, but I've seen more than enough evidence to suggest that uh, whoever they've got playing Biden is in some kind of latex mask. Uh, so there's a lot of people who are like, Oh God, what is he even saying right now? But uh, like the evidence is there, you know, the latest one was he scratched the back of his neck and it left wrinkles <laughs> in his skin. And, you know, there's another video where somebody's actually wearing one and, and the co-host is talking to her, pulling her cheeks and it leaves that same kind of wrinkle in the in the latex until it can kind of stretch back out and regain its original shape so there's clearly something very um strange going on with all of this is it part of some bigger plan you know the whole q thing i I don't know uh it seems like that's taking forever just like xrp could this all be interconnected yeah very possible very, very possible. Yes, I just, and I, just, I you talked know, about was getting stuck. Yeah, and I just add, I talked about that in in the context of the Marvin Gaye um, riddles, where he was kind of showing behind the scenes they all get along and they're friends and uh, they're sort of working towards the same goals under the sort of constraints that it, that their job places on them or the the system places on them. So, yeah, I, I mean, it'd be great if we see something spectacular unveiled here in the coming years. But I also, the prepper in me is like, yeah, no, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting on that or count on that to happen. Yeah, so just, you know, for everybody who gets frustrated with the Riddlers were wrong or the, the timeline was wrong or did things didn't happen. I mean, there could be 
the slight chance that there had to be a plan B that nobody could announce, hey, guys, we're going with plan B. And, you know, things just had to be extended, and we're still on the same path, just a different journey. Possible, yep. And put some more videos out, Sam. We're just waiting for the <laughs> flip to switch, the switch to flip. Maybe one day. We need some content. Thank you, Mr. I. Um, we're going to now move to KJ, then Ghost, and then um, I did invite Sam uh, to the to the stage, and he has been able to join us, so he will be my last speaker of the evening. Um, so yeah, KJ, welcome, welcome to the stage, okay. and um, yeah, feel free to ask your questions to Sam. Hey, I'm walking back to my hotel room. You want to put Snoopy ahead of me? I'll be a minute or two away. Yeah, sure. Or Rose White Rabbit, I think was we. I didn't want to skip over him. Oh, sorry. I told you. He might be a good fill. Right, love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Rose. No, that's fine. Thank you. Hey, um, Sam, just want to say I resonate with um, everything you talk about on your, your show and um, I'm with you on a lot of that. Um, I just wanted to touch back on, you mentioned Bob Way in the same conversation as Bearable Guy, Bob Way and his friends. Just mm-hmm. clarify that that was that was what you were insinuating. Bob Way potentially could be. I think he's a uh, probably the strongest candidate. And there's, um, you know, there's it's there's some things that I I know about that I can't say because I agreed not to talk about them years ago. Um, and so there's and and it's more than you know he enrolled other people. That's kind of who he is. And he also, um, there, there's, he made a comment a while ago about buying and selling his XRP. And his comment was about, uh, he hopes that he'll be able to sell it and that it will continue going up for the other person and not the typical market cycle that we see of a 90, 80% retracement or 90% retracement. And there's very similar language to that in the bear, one of the bearable guy letters, um, there's just a lot of, a lot of things like, you know, the whole treasure hunt thing and the beer being at a, uh, or, or something was hidden at a bar where Bob Way met, I think CKJ or something like that. I don't know, but I think he's enrolled other people in the XRP community like, um, King blue and, and some others to sort of do these things and be a proxy. um, yeah, I, I might be wrong, but that's that's what I think, and that's that's where I'm at. Thank you. Well, the reason I asked was because I mean I don't I have no idea, and you could be spot on, um, but it always everything sort of my analysis of um, you know I do decoding, I, I look at the numbers, and my vibe it always felt like it was someone way way bigger than than that um so let's um go back to the creation of the xrp itself the 2nd of june uh 2012 that was exactly 59 years to the day uh that the queen was coronated um now if you then go forward and you look at uh, the q thing and i don't follow the q thing too much but i'm aware of it enough uh, when it started uh, etc um, and this is taking it down the rabbit hole a little bit, but um, 
Obviously, purple is represented as XRP, or XRP is represented as purple, and we know that's a very royal colour. Um, it was a, a colour hard to get uh, to come by in the past, hence why royalty took it on. Um, and it was seen as a very valuable um, uh, colour. Uh, you know, to have an item of, of, of that colour was very valuable. But what what absolutely sealed the deal for me, on a decoding perspective, to know that we are in this, we're in something that's way bigger than we could ever have conceived, was the very, very first Q post was exactly 1776 days before the Queen died. Now, obviously, 1776 being the year of independence. Um, and Mr. Poole, um, uh, similarly, uh, 589 days from one of his black swan posts which of the Queen's very, very fond of her swans. Uh, and, and I can link a few of his other ones to the same date. Um, okay. So I, I see the crown as, as a massive, massive influence in this story. Yes. And we see the king, obviously, with the crown. So I just think the coincidence that Q, this massive thing, whatever it is, it does seem a bit phony at times, but uh, psyopy, but you know, to be that precise to the day she died, and Paul as well, it blew my mind, and that's why it's not the only reason I invest in XRP, but that's why I was absolutely sold from that moment. Okay. Uh, on the latter stuff, I agree with you. There's just some amazing things, and I wish I could dismiss it and, and throw it out and say, no, I've looked at that, and it doesn't work for me. But And there's some things that I could certainly point to that people would be like, oh, yeah, that's shit. At the same time, there's just these anomalies and things that have really been dead on that were beyond, you know, what you'd reasonably expect somebody to figure out beforehand and say this is coming. Um, on the the former part, if you want to put your faith in the the date that these two events happened and say, "Ha, huh, that's conclusive for me," that's fine. Where I put my uh, my thoughts on that, or I guess is the best way for me to say it. Um, I went out and looked at, I, I, you know, learned about banking and, and money, moving money around the world and how they were changing it. And then I went and looked at their partnerships and then I went and looked at, you know, other crypto projects and like I evaluated the space to kind of see what makes the most sense to emerge here as the, as the winner. And, uh, what I the conclusion I came to was XRP, and that's why I started making videos. Oh, I completely agree. I think that's why all of us. I mean, all of us have done our research, um, and you know, hands down, it's, it's the winner. Um, but there's just so much else that goes with it, um, and it's it's one of those where I think the community almost feel at ease with all the other information. It gives them far less doubt than the average investor. And I think it gives them the ability to persevere more than the average person. And I think that's why this is not just um, a few riddles. It's actually an entire movement of understanding and uh, a consciousness that's growing together. uh, It's It's the evolution of our species and XRP, I think, stands a very real potential to create multi generational wealth for people. Well, Sam, thank you very much. Thank you, Right Wabbit. 
I always struggle to get that correctly. Um, just want to say a quick little shout out to everybody. My DMs have literally blown up. Um, I've got multiple requests for speakers. Um, unfortunately, those that are on the stage now are the final speakers of the evening. Um, it's been an intense couple of hours um, and I'm so honoured that Sam is still here with us answering all the questions of course um, so I'm now going to go to KJ who has patiently had um, their you. hand up welcome welcome thanks for bearing with me I'm uh, in Vegas a couple weeks too late any XRP fam still here um, mm -hmm. so Sam I really appreciate um, and resonated with something you said about um, pain right like people stick with the status quo until the pain becomes too great and I'm referring to the current financial system and I think you use the term that you know currently the status quo is that it's very easy for you know the incumbents to keep uh, I think you use the word like you know suck off the teeth so to speak yeah. um, and this since, already, since the conspiratorial stuff has already opened up my question for you and I love what you said also about XRP will moon when the USD or the Federal Reserve note is less desirable and apologies I'm butchering with the paraphrase but this recent event that's being foreshadowed of satellite phones to senators and there's been narrative attack against us is going to be a cyber outage my question would be if something like that happens this predictive programming potentially a Hegelian dialect scenario do you think that would potentially help XRP and the stress that I'm reaching for is that I've seen a lot that there's an XRP node in like a nuclear bunker and we've heard things of, you know, rumors of nodes can run on Starlink space satellites. Like if some kind of internet blackout happens, does that hurt the current system more or equal to, or is it going to potentially help tip the scales towards XRP being more utilized? Um, and that was the question for you. Yeah. And then quick one to scams, playful jab. How are you going to say that this XRP community is not highly intellectual? And props to you, Rose, for gathering all these brilliant minds. Scams, sir, you need to retract that statement. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, gosh. I, I just completely lost. Tell me just the first point that you're making. Just the, the Okay. If you're, if you're with me on something that happens with... Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the outage, internet outage. Okay, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, does that I just help blanked on that. It All right, revealed? it's a good. No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have thrown the scam thing. No, it's it's fine. It's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I I want to spend some time like thinking about it, but my initial sort of response to it is, um, I don't think it would be a catalyst that drives everyone to immediately change their behavior. I think that it would um, create awareness in the fragility of our society and that would naturally lead people to start seeking out anti-fragile uh alternatives and would xrp be one of those uh, very potentially yes or just crypto blockchain cool. because of its distributed nature so at a minimum it's a pattern interruption as tony robbins yeah that, say, that might spur adoption people awake a little bit yeah okay. right love it thank you sir Thank you, KJ. Um, thank you for your questions. Uh, we're going to now move to um, Ghost Six Books. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Rose. Hey, Sam. Um, 
first off, I, I want to thank you for your work. I think over the last few years, people really don't understand the value of the work you've done, especially throughout the pandemic and how you were swimming you know, upstream in a lot of the videos that you were pushing out. So yeah. for that much respect. Thank you. Right? Um, and I, although I don't agree with you how Brad handled it, I'm not going to go in that direction. My question to you is, you know, given that you're one of the few people that's probably in this space uh, longer than I have, um, what are your thoughts with regards to the current macro environment? Uh, is there a situation where you say, I've had enough? Or based on, you know, situational evidence that this may not be the one, right? Or is this a situation for you where, uh, to quote you, if this is generational wealth, or it's it's you're willing to go uh, to zero with this thing. I guess I'm trying to get a gauge of what that situation may be, where you can say, I think I'm going to walk away now. Yeah, that's a good question. So, like, what are the red flags uh, that I might not have invested in? That I might not have picked the right horse. I guess would be a good way to say it. Um, I I would have to say seeing the the most compelling. I mean, there's lots of little things, uh, partnerships falling apart, and that's happened with MoneyGram. You know, they're happy to part ways. They were happy to take the tens of millions of dollars that they got, but when that dried up, they were done with XRP. So it really didn't change their business. Um, uh, the I guess the death blow would be some viable alternative actually taking shape and gaining uh, traction via, you know, adoption. People are actually using it. Um, that That's, I think, the biggest one. And so for something like that, I would be looking at BRICS and what they do because the U.S., the, the dollar as the global reserve currency is on its deathbed and uh, the the competitors are nipping at their at our heels or at the u.s government's heels um whatever emerges is going to be the new paradigm if they go a different direction and they're successful i mean they might try to like develop jpm coin like jpm did and then that ate a giant dick and didn't work um the, you know they could still have missteps and so forth but I, like that's what i think I would be put the most weight on is what is BRICS doing? Because I think that is the future swift system of the world. I mean, it's going to be divided, you know, they'll still try and keep swift or ripple net or whatever it is. Uh, but we're, we're going to see, I think some decentralization of the global financial system because it's, it's failing people. And, um, you know, it's, it's all definitely still up in the air uh, I would be, uh, I, I mean, I, there, there's definitely a, a significant percentage that would go, I'd let it go to zero before I would sell it. So hopefully that gives you a kind of cross the board answer. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for your honesty. Uh-huh. Thank you guys. Um, and for those from the audience, thank you for tuning in. It's been a, wild conversation topic this evening um thank you obviously to backman um, my co-host and also um sam 
the guest speaker for this evening. As everybody is aware, this will be the final speaker on stage. Um, I'm about to, I will be wrapping this up soon. Um, and yeah, thank you everybody for listening in and all the questions, the comments. My Twitter's gone absolutely nuts. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, truly honoured um, for everybody to be here tonight, all adults and, you know, sharing um, difference of opinion within the community, I guess. Um, so with further ado, we have Scam. Uh, welcome to the stage, Mr. Detective. How are you this evening? Hope you're well. I'm good, Rose. Thank you for inviting me. I didn't see the invite immediately, but I came in when I saw it. It's okay. Um, yeah, so we're, we're having an evening with Sam, um, who's OG member of the community. Um, obviously, I'll show you if you know who he is. Um, and obviously, the topic has been around rivers, so I've had numerous uh, community members on sharing their sort of topics. Um, I know, obviously, within the community, some of some of your your own thoughts, shall we say, are taboo. Um, so yeah, I wanted to invite you on, and um, if you had any questions this evening, to um, Put some really. Yeah, I had, I had one question. I posted um, a message up at the top on the jumbotron of a DM I got yesterday, and just since Sam has been around for such a long time with riddlers, and you know, just with a lot of the people, things were decoding or saying riddlers were saying not being right, and um, you know, people like this uh, getting themselves into. Uh, a predicament they probably should have never have. Um, if he has any, you know, words about people like this um, that are maybe listening that are in a similar predicament and um, what he would say to anyone listening who may be in a similar type of situation. As far as like they've invested more than they can afford to lose or. Yeah. Yeah. Based on things, I guess that they've been seeing, for riddlers and what they expected to come in, you know, soon time. But as the years passed, it just never has come to fruition and they've overextended themselves. Yeah. You know, we all, we, uh, a lot of the crypto YouTubers and so forth will say, this is an investment advice. Don't invest more than you can afford to lose. I used to always get the question about, should I borrow money to buy crypto? And my answer was always, no, don't do that. Don't leverage yourself and get yourself in a bad situation. Um, and one of the other things that I think we talked about was uh, tonight was some of the f forms and shapes that disinformation takes. And you got to recognize and realize that there are people out there who want to manipulate your emotions and your sentiment for personal gain of, of them, of their, their uh, crime ring that they've formed to do this in some cases, uh, uh, Tether and others, um, that are going to be there to take advantage. So you always, I, I mean, it's hard, it's easier said than done, but keeping a level head, especially in the Wild West, you know, that, that, cause that's what this is, this whole crypto world that's emerging. It's the modern day wild West. There's a lot of people out there to help fools part with their money. So don't be that fool. So just as a quick follow up to it, do, do you think that Riddlers led people into a false um, sense of security about some of the claims of them having inside information and these things were going to happen. It was, in their mind, I guess, almost guaranteed, aside from the part of, okay, don't take it as financial advice. I know everyone says that. 
ahead of time, like they think it's going to protect them or something. But do you think that has happened over the years and people have overextended themselves because they were lulled into a false sense of security? Uh, I don't. So one, I would disagree that they've said they have inside information. Like that's not something that I recall them saying, but maybe there's a specific example you're thinking of that I haven't seen. Um, I think that like to me, one of the biggest bad actors is Brad talking about, you know, the progress that really wasn't, that was, I think, uh, drastically overstated. And um, that drove interest. Now, do the Riddlers and so forth contribute to that awareness, to that interest, to that uh, buying pressure? Hundred percent, they do. Um, I think that they, the the speaking of the Riddlers, shared information uh, with good intentions and with the intentions to help people. And I think the two, uh, you know, the. Uh, I guess we'll just call them insider sales from like Brad, Chris, Jed, others. Uh, those two sort of ended up, whether intentionally or not, working in concert. And as a result, there's a lot of uh, ex early XRP investors that hold less XRP than they should as a result. think we've lost scams a little bit um yeah maybe thank you Sam. thank you scams for coming on and asking sam the question um sam been a great evening with you so honored um to be able to have you on as a ama and guest speaker for my little podcasting that i've started up um any sort of final thoughts for us um moving moving forward um obviously for everybody in the in the in the crowd obviously sam does his own podcast as well um are they weekly sam or is that every day thing yeah i try and do them weekly uh on sundays mm -hmm. at 8 p.m central standard time uh last week i didn't do one because i had my daughter and actually i'm about to head down to san antonio tomorrow to go work uh there's a pipe that broke on the 60th floor and flooded all the way down. And my brother's company is going to do that. So I might be, might be gone for a week or two mm -hmm. here. Um, but I, you mm -hmm. know, I, I try and get them out every single week and um, that's just kind of where it sits right now. So. Fab. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think um, it's been, been a nice, interesting evening for majority of the community. Um, yeah. And so those obviously playing it back. Hope you hope you enjoy. Um, and Sam, thank you so much for your time this evening with us. Obviously, we're hitting those three-hour marker. Um, so yeah, super honoured. And thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, and also thank you as well to Backman, my co-host, for helping behind the scenes this evening for me as well. I um, hope everybody listening is having um, enjoyed this evening and the conversations that have been had. Um, I know some of the topics have been somewhat of a taboo. Um, and I know, obviously, there is... <laughs> difference of opinion as always um, but we're all adults um, and I'm, I'm thankful that everybody um, here this evening has been respectful um, so Sam thank you so much for coming on and uh, I'll be sure to tune into your future podcast yep. and also listening on the on the program as well thank you so much after after years of exchanging messages it's nice to finally talk to you uh, in through voice as well as several other people in the community tonight so I enjoyed it immensely thanks everybody Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. Hope everybody has a great evening 
And um, yeah, I don't know who's going to throw up his faces next, but I'm sure we'll all move over to there. Um, and thank you again. I hope everybody has a great evening. Take care.